All right, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the 805 Uncensored Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, and we're live with Taj Bibi. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Did I pronounce your last name right? Please tell me I did. Bibi, Bibi. Bibi. However you say it, man, it doesn't matter, really. I mean, you know. Okay, no worries. All right, well, we also have Daniel on. Um, Daniel is going to be running for Congress against Julia Brownlee in Perry County's 26th district. He's basically just going to be listening in on me and Taj talking about things that are going on in the country and things that are happening on a local level. And then he's going to provide some dialogue into that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to keep the screen share going. We have this video right here I want to show you. It says, Democrats seize on president's demand for bigger $2,000 stimulus checks. Congress is in an irritable mood after President Trump. Uh, I'm going to play this video. Uh, President Trump demands changes to stimulus, vetoes defense bill. I find that so interesting. The 740 mil, mil this, excuse me, the 740 billion dollar military uh, defense deal. He fucking vetoed it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, Shep, a leadership aide described the mood as one of irritation and befuddlement after President Trump's 11th hour challenge to members of Congress who had already left Washington, having passed the $2 trillion, 5,000 plus page bill covering both government funding through September and about $900 billion in COVID relief. Now, President Trump wants to strip certain spending provisions his administration requested and increase the amount of the direct checks, but neither of those is expected to move forward, I have learned from sources. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, a key ally of Trump's, is expected to object to Democrats' efforts to seek unanimous support for $2,000 checks. And in response, McCarthy's plan is to address President Trump's concern on spending by separating out State Department and foreign aid from the rest of government spending. Democrats are expected to object to that, and we will be back again at square one. The question then becomes, will the president actually veto it? The New York Times is reporting that McCarthy told his Republican colleagues on a call this afternoon that he talked to the president who told him he hasn't decided whether or not to veto it. Now, Trump could also quietly veto it, the so-called pocket veto, by letting 10 days left before signing it, but unemployment benefits would expire and the government would shut down before that actually happened. Chef? You know, also before he left, the president vetoed the massive defense spending bill. That's right. This was a separate $740 billion bill funding the military. And he had long said that unless it included protections for the names of military monuments and strict content protections for these big social media companies, that he would veto it. And that's exactly- Protections for military monuments? Who gives a fuck about that? Yeah. That's the reasons that he cited this afternoon doing so. But some of the Republican senators uh, who had criticized the president for trying to add some of these unrelated issues to defense spending are not backing down. Senator Jim Inhofe, who is one who ended up in Trump's crosshairs for refusing to combine specifically the tech and military issues, just today tweeting this in response saying, the NDAA has become law every year for 59 years straight because it's absolutely vital to our national security and our troops. This year must not be an exception. Our men and women who bump. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's more just typical Republican bullshit, citing the deficit. Um, fucking hypocrites. Like, they're like, 
we can't afford it. We're we're gonna go even deeper into debt. Meanwhile, all these same all these same Republican um, congressional members voted for that massive tax bill back in 2017 that just fucking ballooned the entire deficit. So yeah, they don't care about the deficit. No, no. But sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. So I I feel like um, they don't like understand like. Republicans have a hard time understanding economics from what I've been seeing throughout this whole thing where they've been like, let's not spend. We don't want to spend because we have debt from years ago. That doesn't even matter anymore from like world war two that we'll never pay back because the amount of like the economy basically outweighs the debt from that time. So it doesn't even like really hold any value. anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it really doesn't. And we're we're a sovereign country, like right, so, could, yeah. Someone could explain that better. I don't know, like, I, but we're a sovereign country, so we have the ability to print and create currency for our population uh, in times of need. Like, and there's no better time than this. Like, imagine, bro. I just go back and think. Like, imagine if during the Great Depression time, fucking President FDR was like, Nah, we we, we can't do the New Deal. Because that's going to cost too much money. I can, uh, the country would have just collapsed. They would have never had the economic recovery, which eventually led into World War II. That would have, that would have never happened because <clears throat> workers would have never been able to recover from that uh, painful economic impact. Yeah. True. Um, <clears throat> the $2,000 a month uh, stimulus should have been something that's been active since March and April. I mean, all the other industrialized countries were doing this. I could, I could try to pull up a video right now where they talk about um, some of what they were doing with the wages over in these yeah. European countries. Yeah, let's look that, let's look that up because uh, that's important to see. Yeah, let's check it out. Uh, yeah. Stimulus Europe. I know Japan did did a really big stimulus package for their people too. Yeah, Japan Japan's very interesting too because they never actually locked down, like or at least if they did, they had very minimal lockdowns. Yeah. They, what they did was they just implemented universal mask wearing, and they just have such a ingrained tradition of a lack of individualism that's emphasized in Western culture, like especially in America, there's an individualistic mindset. And then in, in a lot of other parts of the world, people just really account into like, what are the best interests of society over my individual self? Wow. I didn't even know that. That's really, that's really incredible. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I know they're big on hygiene in like other countries like China and like especially in the Asian continent. yeah they have to be because the population is so massive and people live in such close uh, proximity to one another wow yeah that's that's in, that's insane so you'd see this one uh this is from five months ago it's from the telegraph European Union agrees on a groundbreaking coronavirus stimulus let's check that out <clears throat> These ads are getting longer and longer. This one's 30 seconds long. 
Okay, cool. I can skip it. All right. Let's see, let's see what's going on in the EU from five months ago. Package and the European budget. This, uh, of course, we have reached a deal on the recovery package and the European budget. These were, uh, of course, difficult negotiations in very difficult times for all Europeans. A marathon which ended in success for all 27 member states, but especially for the people. This is a good deal, this is a strong deal, and most importantly, this is the right deal for Europe right now. We showed collective responsibility and solidarity, and we show also our belief in our common... Okay, get to the details. ...for action. Europe as a whole has now a big chance to come up... I guess it's just people talking, there's no actual specifics of the deal. I, I think there should be somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if that might be. I don't know if that'd be public in the U.S. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just typing in the wrong terms on YouTube. But I googled it real quick. Um, European leaders uh, approved stimulus package for 750 billion dollars. Says. I bet all of that went to the people, though. I bet none. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't have like these multi-billion dollar bailouts for corporations, yeah. which like we could talk about that. Like <laughs> airline yeah. companies, man, like, like Boeing, like United, not necessarily Boeing because they're not like um, a regular like airliner that people travel on. They're just yeah. a manufacturer, but like United Continental, like all those major air, uh, Southwest, all those major airliners, they got they got all that money from uncle Sam and then they just fucking turned around and they fired all their employees anyways. Yeah. A lot of them too applied for, um, I don't know which program it was. I don't know if it was the SBA loan or if it was, uh, something else. I don't know. There's, there's a couple programs out there, but I know a lot of big corporations like red Robin, um, and they all got like blackballed and shit but they applied for these big loans that were forgivable, forgivable loans. And they got upwards of like the millions, bro, for, for just their, just their I saw company. that. Like, um, it was like TGI Fridays, Red Robin, yeah, 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 yeah. like a bunch of like really big restaurant chains. And they got blackballed because they have like mi probably billions in reserves. Like what, what do they have? Like, why, like, why are they applying for these small business loans? You know what I mean? That belong to the people. And yeah, completely. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just typical, it's just typical American capitalism. It's just like what always happens, you know? Yep. Um, <clears throat> like it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how all these liberals are just, you know, just they're still on cloud nine with the fact that Biden won yeah. and that that Trump's going to be out of office. But they're not they're not at all thinking about all the pain and suffering that really is existing in the country and all the people that regardless of who the fuck comes in as president is they're going to be suffering like there's no. Yeah, there's the millions are facing still massive evictions. Millions of people are still facing like food shortages. Have, have I showed you some of those pictures and videos from Texas where people are in multi mile long lines to get just to get food? Oh, damn. I actually, um, right by my house, like a block away, uh, Sadaquay Elementary School, 
and I walk, I go there, like I go on a run, you know, in the morning and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I seen a line bro, that was like stretching out. And I thought it was people dropping their kids off, but it was a long ass line. And then I seen food bank, like a big sign that said food bank. And there was a line of cars just stretching all the way from the school, all the way down Darling Road, which by the way, is only a two way street. So it's like really small. And there was cars just con causing congestion. So people had to go around like, and there was a person with a sign for, you know, stop or whatever. And it stretched all the way, almost like, I want to say almost a mile, like a good mile down the road. And these are people that, you know, just are down on their luck, man. They can't, they can't afford food. They can't afford any of that, bro. And they're, you know, it's, it's fucking sad, bro. It's really sad. You know, and these are people, a lot of them. Pathetic, dude. We're in the richest jobs. country in the world. Yeah. And a lot of them probably had good jobs. Like they, they could, you know, they could have been waiters making like sometimes like 500 a day, depending on what restaurant they worked at, you know, and they could have been making rent that way. But here's, here's another problem too. I'm going to just talk about this is in the um, unemployment system, you can't count in your tips as a wage. So it's like, if you're making uh, $500 a day, right. At a good restaurant, we're talking about a high end restaurant where you're making like $500 a day, but you're, your, uh, your base pay kind of goes down or whatever, based on that, you're, you're not going to be able to put in the fact that you are making this much in tips as a wage. So mm -hmm. your unemployment salary is going to come out to like $50 a week to 60 to maybe a hundred, if you're lucky, a hundred dollars a week, because you weren't making a whole lot. And that's another reason why a lot of people are suffering. And then what Trump did with his $300 fucking whatever bullshit that he tried to, that he did, like, what was it back in September? It screwed a lot of people that were in the food industry. It screwed them because they can't, you know what I mean? They, they, they weren't making a hundred dollars a week because he put a hundred dollar cap. Yep. So it screwed everybody. It screwed a lot of people, you know, especially the people in the food industry. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous that it, it ever had to fucking get this way, but it's just so, it's just so typical of everything that really um, America represents, you know, like just, just the billionaires in this country made over a trillion, they added over a trillion dollars of wealth to themselves just during the pandemic months. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could <clears throat> Let me see if I can find. Um... There is a problem with that. There's oh, I know a video I want to show you. This this video, um, dude, this was so hard for me to sit through because I was yeah. I was fucking pissed the entire time I was watching this, and I know this is gonna make you mad too. Um, <clears throat> basically, CNBC, which is a corporate news outlet. Oh yeah. Doesn't have any idea how to fucking read the room. And puts out a video the other day celebrating how well millionaires and billionaires are doing this year. Damn. Like, oh, like, look how well these people are doing. Like, like how out of touch are you? Yeah. It, it, one thing I am going to say, and um, I'm just going to say this real quick, is I feel like the only way we could really get out of this mess that we're in right now um 
that I'd say people that are making under $50,000 a year, maybe even like I'd shoot it up to maybe $70,000 a year is a UBI. Yep. Abs- uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm really glad that you brought this up. Andrew Yang was way ahead of everyone okay. on UBI and the pandemic has exemplified that more than anything, the urgent need for it. Yeah, I, I definitely like when I first heard him talk about it, I was a little bit like, I mean, I knew, you know, because the cost of living everywhere in California, especially is, is just like ridiculous and crazy. Like there's no way it should be that expensive. So I understood, but I just knew the rest of the country wouldn't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Especially middle America. But like, I, I was like, damn, like, like this dude's actually onto something, you know? Yeah. Um, so this, this short little um, ad is going to play on YouTube. And then I want to show you this CNBC clip that I was talking about that's (laughs) I know you're gonna have a reaction to this that I know we're gonna have an extended conversation about it um give me one moment my computer's being a little bit slow right now all good and if any time you need okay uh, and all I'm giving credit where credit is due I'm once again I'm taking this video from uh it's initially from secular talk but the clip itself that we're going to be referring to is from CNBC on the increase in billionaire net worth under COVID. Watch this. For IPOs is turning into a banner year for newly minted American billionaires. Robert Frank joins us now with more. Um, I'm celebrating, Robert. I'm not one of them. Wait, pause it real quick. Just on the record. Notice how as they're talking about it, look at the stocks. Yeah, and as if as if the stock market is a good indication of what's going on in the economy anyways. Right, see? Less than, um, I think it's 80% of stock is owned by the top 1%. Yep, that's real. Look at, look at this motherfucker on the right, dude. He just has a big-ass smile on his face. He's so happy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm not Bernie Sanders. I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating. Wow. Has to throw out Bernie under the bus. Possibility oh. can happen to other people if you work hard and have a great idea. <laughs> You're I like born billionaires. I like billionaires. But uh, you go ahead. I'm not going to comment on this. I have I have no editorial opinion. I have no editorial These opinion. Are just really oh man! No matter what your point of view, but this week two IPOs, six billionaires, over forty billion dollars in personal wealth. You look at DoorDash. They minted three new multi-billionaires this week. CEO Tony Shu, he's now worth over $2.7 billion. You've got co-founders Andy Fang and Stanley Tang. They were all friends at Stanford, and they did the first coding and food delivery while working at night while they were students at school. Those two guys worth $2.5 billion. Now, the winner of the week was Brian Chesky. He, of course, Airbnb CEO. He's one of three co-founders who started the company when they were flat broke, sitting in a San Francisco apartment. They decided to rent out air Stop for a second. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say, notice how they turn it into a feel-good story. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, you, they were sitting in a San Francisco apartment. Man, dude, San Francisco is expensive as shit. <laughs> yeah, and then they're, um, before that, there's just, there just a few friends hanging out at Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Okay. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're just like us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for 11. 
seven billion dollars. He also got a share grant this fall, valued at one point eight billion. So that's on top of that. And he and the other guys cashed out about ninety million dollars in stock yesterday. Now, co-founders Joe Gebbia and Nate. ninety million dollars in stock yesterday. That's crazy. Nathan Blacharzik, they are now worth over $10 billion, also cashing out some of those shares. Now, in total, American billionaires have gained a trillion dollars in wealth. That's what I was trying to tell you. Yep. Overall, they've gained a trillion dollars in wealth. I, man, I have a huge problem with that. A huge problem with that. And I'm not like, just this year, Joe. Just this year. If you don't have a problem with that, I mean, I mean, you could be the most pro cap. I, I I don't know how people are comfortable with that. Like, even if you're the most pro capitalist person, pro business person, yeah, how can you think that it's good for society to have that large of a separation of wealth? That's that's just, I don't know. That's insane. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's been fed to us, like, if you work hard. And- the fucking meritocracy bullshit. And that's the problem is so many people still buy into that. There's so many, like, still fringe stories of people, you know, so-called making it by the standards of the American dream. Yeah. But it's, it's bullshit. It, it's personally, I think it's been dead for 50 years. Yeah. To make it in, in that way. So, like, where it's legal, yeah. I, I don't think it's <laughs> – I think that's the only, you know, making it in a legal way isn't really going to happen for you. You know what I mean? And a lot of these people that are billionaires now were born into a lot of money and born into stocks put into – put away for them, you know. I yeah. feel like that's how a lot of millionaires – Yeah. A lot and- of millionaires and billionaires became that way because they had stocks put away for them as kids. Their, their parents did that and yeah it's an unfair it's an unfair game you still you st- but you still yet yeah, you still constantly have people that are defending this system and people like us too like you, yeah. you see you see all the memes that are thrown around like guy that makes 30 grand a year what they're gonna tax billionaires <laughs> yeah i know is that stupid like bro if you hey look man like yeah, if you're making under like like no, but a lot of people don't go their whole life without seeing like four hundred thousand. You know what I mean? A lot of people like most. Yeah, most. Like I'd say probably maybe seventy to eighty percent of people won't get to four hundred thousand a year their whole lives. You know? I mean, yeah. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen for anyone. You know what I mean? It really could if you really have something you have a drive and you shoot for it. But once you get to that point, what's, what's a couple 20,000 out of that 400,000. Yeah. And there's no way that somebody, I mean, I say it all the time. There's no way that somebody becomes a billionaire without, without shitting on their workers or without doing some kind of shady practices at some point. That's real. That's real. No, like I gave every, I gave all my workers a living wage. I, I, I provided housing for them. Oh, hell no. Fuck no. no like, Amazon has no living wage. Bonds has no living wage. Like these aren't jobs <clears throat> that have a living wage. Like No, it's the system's designed that way too. 
Like yeah. it's designed to maximize profits, pay people as little as you can. If people have a problem with it, if they try to, if they try to organize, if they try to unionize, we're going to fucking shut that shit down. You're going to be terminated. And then yeah. we'll just get somebody else that's going to be ready to take your place. That's not going to represent a challenge to it. Yeah. Like bonds. I remember there was like a protest a long time ago. This was like years, years ago. There was some kind of protest about, um, I, I was a kid. I don't really remember it, but I like the, what I do remember is like, there was a protest about people wanting bonds, rouse, all these places to be unionized. And that never went through. That never happened. I mean, bonds mm-hmm. is a union now, but hardly a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Oh, Hey, sorry guys. Hey, what's up, man? No worries. Welcome back. So we're we're talking about we're talking about unions right now and okay. just large corporations cracking down on the little guy and you know all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Living the dream. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um my throat is dry, so I'm gonna take a sip of water. We uh we just watched this video from from CNBC and in their infinite wisdom, not able to at all read the room. <laughs> they put out a segment that we're celebrating the gains of millionaires and billionaires this year. <laughs> and yeah, Airbnb, DoorDash, all those, all those little tech companies. And they were like, um, <laughs> and they try to, what's funny too, is they were trying to like spin it into a feel good story. Like, um, like the Airbnb CEO, they're like, Oh, well he was just, he was broke sitting in his San Francisco apartment. <laughs> I'm like San Francisco apartment. What's that about $4,000 a month? Yeah. Easy. Or they were talking about like DoorDash, how it was just, uh, three, three roommates from Stanford. <laughs> I should be so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And then um really just me and Taj were breaking down this uh this misconception that still a large a majority of the US population shares about uh the false narratives regarding the meritocracy and how people really think like the harder you work the further you go. <laughs> yeah without taking into consideration any of the social factors that limit the growth uh, based off where you're born, the taxes, the way the cities run, the way your schools are funded. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a meritocracy no when you're not starting from the, when you're not starting from the same starting point, everybody else is inherently disenfranchised. Okay. So I want to, yeah, n- no doubt. I completely agree with that. So I want to I want to switch it up a little bit now. Uh, I kind of want to talk about COVID. So I was actually sick last week, and I was I was worried that I might have coronavirus, and so I went and got tested. I was in Moore Park, and then literally I just got my results a couple of days ago. It took it took almost a week, and I was thinking the entire time. When it takes a week to get your results, this is kind of worthless. Yeah. Like, real. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm not in an economic position where I can just stay home and await my test results. Like, I still have to go to work. And so I'm like, I'm thinking the entire time, I don't know if I have the virus in my body or not. 
So I could be exposing tens to hundreds of people potentially and not even know it. And then I, it just got me thinking that's happening by the millions all the time across the country. Yep. There's, yep. it's not hard to figure out why we're in the position that we're in. Between the, the choices of people who refuse to wear masks and then the difficult predicament that people are put in who like yourself, like myself, like I'm sure you are as well, Taj, if, if we don't go to work, we don't get paid. So if we've got the, even if we've been exposed, unless like you said, once until you get the negative result, then you go quarantine. But then how long was that? Was that a week? Um, like I, uh, I was exposed. Uh, luckily my test came back negative and everything, but I, I got the test and they said, go get yourself some food and groceries and then go home and quarantine. I was like, even if I didn't go anywhere else, you're still telling me to go to a grocery store right now. And this was from mm -hmm. the people at the testing site. And like, so no disrespect to them. And it's probably, I mean, if you don't already have food at home and you're going to have to be at home, you need to go get it. But I was at the grocery store going, I don't know if I have COVID right now. Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Um, and so, yeah, continuing to have to go to work and things like that. And then there's the people who don't even have the ability to go get tested or they won't go get tested yep. because their job is doing the right thing in a sense that not allowing them to work sick. However, comma, they're not paid to stay home. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a tough situation because there's the people who are willfully, you know, disrespecting the, the rules and the safety of others. And then the people who don't have a choice. Either yeah. Way, I think it's spreading. I, no, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's it's an extremely delicate situation too because like <laughs> I realized that I kind of made a mistake in judgment a few months ago I was just I was just laughing at all these people that were protesting the lockdowns but then I kind of had an epiphany moment a few months later and I was like wait a second we shouldn't really be shitting on these people because I bet most of the people there legitimately need to work to be able to survive so like we shouldn't be shitting on working class people like all of our anger should be directed towards the government. It shouldn't be directed towards the people that are just trying to, you know, keep their livelihoods going. Like I completely understand the lockdowns being necessary um, to prevent the spread of the virus and to contain it, but you can't, you can't tell people they can't go anywhere and then not give them any kind of economic relief. That. <clears throat> that Absolutely. I had that same epiphany the other day too, because I was watching all these people protest. And then I was like, ah, you know, these people are probably just like, you know, Trump supporters that are out here just trying to act all wild and crazy. And then I was like, wait, nah, these are business owners. These are people that literally have like, a, like this is their dream. This is their like whole life dream to own a restaurant, maybe even branch off to own another one. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and it then really it got me like, they're telling them to shut their doors, telling them to, you know, go home, pack it up. Like it's done. Like, you know, you can't, you can't have any more outdoor seating. So, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, who's going to come in? There's maybe, maybe 10, 10, 20 people a day might come in and get a to go order, you know, but the rest is going to be from DoorDash. And it's like DoorDash doesn't even help. Or it's already been proven that DoorDash doesn't even help that, that uh, family owned business. It only helps DoorDash. Mm -hmm. Like they might get like five, six, seven bucks out of that one order, but that's it. 
And it's like, so this is just going to completely bring down all of them. And now they're in a position where it's like, no, we need to stay open. We want to stay open. So I get that. I get that whole thing. And at first I was a little bit like, ah, not like, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. But now I see it. Now I get it. I totally get it. There's no government funding to help these people. And that's what we need. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I had the exact same type of thinking. And then I was also thinking too, that look, you know, I'm actually interested in radicalizing people. I'm actually interested in getting people to, um, you know, buy into my ideology. And so I'm not going to do that if I just immediately discount people, if I, if I shit on them, if I make them feel like crap, if I don't take their um, point of view into consideration. And so I've thought about that. Of course, there's going to be people on the other side that you're never going to get. Like, we're not going to be able to collaborate with neo-Nazis or anything like that. But for the most part, I think people are sensible and they just want to be given a chance and we can get them. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And absolutely uh, the same, actually, um, where I had had similar epiphany that, you know, especially before when, and my main thing was I kept, I kept comparing them to like the people that were showing up to the Michigan state house with guns because they couldn't go get their hair cut. Yeah. And how, <laughs> yeah, there are distinctions. Right. And yeah. uh, what, but what I kept focusing on, and I mean, this is still rightly so, but was that I kept, all I used that incident for was that how differently the cops reacted to people showing up and protesting to things mm-hmm. because these, these people showed up with, with actual weapons, armed to the teeth, and the cops didn't do anything to them. Oh. Um, but then there was a video that, and I don't know if either of you watched uh, The Rational National, David Dole. Yes, I, I love The Rational National. I, I so, huh? He's a YouTuber. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so um, uh, he actually showed a clip of a restaurant owner that uh, interrupted a newscast. And this is what um, kind of woke me up um, to realizing that these, um, same thing, that they're, they're business owners and that um, it's that. Are you able to put up the video? Yeah, actually, uh, here you go. Uh, let me see if it'll screen share. Um, it just, it, it made a lot of sense in it and it talks to exactly what um, you both are are saying. Let me screen share really quick. And then... Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, uh, can you actually enable definitely the check screen out his share? Videos. Can, you, can you enable the screen share for me? Um, oh yeah, you gotta turn your screen share on now. Do I have, to, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah. Advanced. Um, I don't know. Am I supposed to get like a notification or something? <laughs> oh, no. You get on the screen, the share section, which is like right, or it's the share screen. It's like right in the middle. Like, I see it, but I don't know where to go from there. Hmm, maybe. I can just... Oh, it says you uh, disabled participate, participating screen sharing. So I think you just need to turn that on, which is like, should be... Is there a participant setting? Oh, I think I see it. One, um, multiple participants can share simultaneously. That's it. That'll I'll, be right back. Back. I'll be right back. I think you should be good now. Yes. 
<clears throat> and then after after we discussed this, um, did you hear that Andrew Yang was running for mayor in New York City? Uh, no, but that's phenomenal. I hope that that happens. Yeah, we'll talk about that because Taj is a Yang supporter. Fantastic. Uh, absolutely support Yang too. I mean, I was, I was Bernie. I definitely voted for, for Bernie, but um, uh, definitely align with and have, uh, I listened right, to Yang speaks and um, I uh, got involved with some Humanity Forward people. Um, so even though I didn't vote for, for Yang because I was a Bernie fan, I was still definitely a supporter of his and, and uh, love the work he's done um, and, and so glad to have him as a voice in politics. Yeah, he he definitely, um, at least with me, he really educated myself on the concept of UBI. Yeah, no, same. I had I had no idea about it. And then uh, I think right before him or right after he announced it, I read uh, uh, a book. Um, it's Rucker Bregman. I'll have to I'll have to look it up. But um, about about universal basic income. And it's, it's it's a really good book. Um, but, oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I did. I did see this little news clip. Yeah, this is this is going to be great because. Yeah, I think Taj is going to enjoy this. Yeah, he he was all over the place. Like this guy, this guy like had some of the points correct. Like you could see, <laughs> and then you could see like, I, I mean, like I I see what you're saying. Like I think you're you're almost there. Almost but, like, right. <laughs> there there was just a little bit of crazy still in there, but um, but but and so this actually probably encapsulate encapsulates not only what you know the average person is feeling in general with some good information some bad information mixed in and then also you know being a business owner what they're going through yeah i think this, this, is, this helps me a lot yeah it's very relevant um to, to like the uh cuz you got to i mean you really have to put yourself into the position where where you understand that most americans are apolitical like most Americans don't really are not really like paying attention to what's going on in the world in in the news like we are, right? Really, <laughs> like, like all my friends, like none of my friends even like pay attention to like any of it. Like I'll be telling them about like, you know, Mitch McConnell just like totally like said no to like stimulus and all that shit. And it was like, Mitch McConnell exactly? And I'm just like shit. Like damn. I I mean I've learned a lot the past year just because of everything that's happened. And I would have never known who these people are if it wasn't for like 2020, truthfully. But yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't pay attention. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's not their fault. They just need to be. Just got to be informed. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's our job to continue to educate people and do it through an entertaining medium. Yeah, that's real. All right. Uh, ready whenever you are, Daniel. All right, let me go ahead and share this. Sorry, and then uh, I'm just chatting with my wife for a second. Um, yeah, let me go ahead and share this video, and uh, let me know what you guys think when it's done. Oh. Is that ads we were talking about? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah what happened Cause it's wow it's for it's for facebook after. portal but that's not even the right video oh what happened oh it's the algorithm screwed you when you're still yeah. worried about having sex with you <laughs> there's aoc 
Yeah. Right, at least the right video is coming up. We should talk about her later because I have mixed views on her. I have same. And I, I've got I've got some insights on that. I would love to dive into a deeper conversation on that. Right. I'll definitely listen in on that. I don't I don't know. All right, here we go. While it's working. <clears throat> oh, I think you need to turn your sound on. Yeah, we can't hear it. Oh, did he bail? <laughs> yeah, I think he just turned it on and left, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he knows. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Oh, well, yeah, he'll be right back, and then we'll tell him. I was going to – I was telling him when you stepped out for a minute that after this we'll talk about – we'll talk about Andrew Yang. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, then, that's sick, to- dude. That's fucking sick that he's running for uh, New York City mayor. Oh, yeah. I think that's really good because they need that. I mean, we need it too, but I think we'll be second on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be, um, yeah, (laughs) it'll probably be like Los Angeles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, New York is crazy expensive, bro. Like you can't get anything. There's even like a, um, like they have these things they are called like mini studios or whatever mm-hmm. that hardly have a kitchen, hardly have anything. That's like a closet. It's like walking. It's like a walk-in closet and there's just a bed and a place for your TV maybe. And those go for like $2,200. <sighs> yeah. If you look up the, yeah. the price around there for rent, you'll, you'll shit your fucking self. Yeah, I have before. Um, yeah. Like New York city, uh, in San Francisco are insane. It's nuts, bro. It's nuts. I uh, think it's, yeah. Well, dude, more and more, more and more of these really large tech companies are moving out of Silicon Valley and going into Austin. Hey, Daniel, I was going to tell you, uh, there's no audio for the video. <laughs> I think maybe his audio got oh shit maybe his audio got messed. Are up. you serious? You guys didn't hear anything that whole time. I screwed up so bad. No, it's all good, man. It happens. I need to figure out how to stream. Um, can you hear it now? No, it's just like it's hella glitchy. Can you hear anything though? No, I don't hear anything. All right. I could try to do it on my end. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, man. Thank you guys for being super patient with me. No, it's cool. Nothing is working right right now. No, yeah, it's all good. I, I struggle with tech stuff all the fucking time. So, Taj is uh, Taj is a recording artist too, by the way. So I'm sure I'm sure he understands that shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Uh, we should we should share some of your stuff sometime. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you have an Instagram? I do. All right. Yeah, so if you there's. Have an Instagram, I could follow you, and you could like see uh, some of my some of my music and stuff. It's on YouTube. Okay, so For I received sure. I received it in the chat. Wonderful. All right, so I'll I'll play Let's it. See for if us. we can do this right now. Can you guys see my screen? 
Let me stop sharing. Yep. Cool. What is this advertisement? The Gold Belly Show visits the iconic pastrami queen in New York City. Interesting. The pastrami queen. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love how like all the advertisements like load flawlessly too. Like I've even had I've even had friends tell me before that they've had ads load on their phone when they didn't even have internet. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Like the um are you are you on a on a computer or are you on an iPad? It's a laptop. Okay. Oh you wait, are you loading this video? Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I passed it over. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, who's who's loading it right now? It's me. Oh, okay, yeah. So some of those, uh, like some of those little things you have up there, could be probably. Uh, hey, we got a government. There we go. All right. I can hear it. Yeah, it's 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 playing. It's just uh, choppy. They gave it to special campaign donors. They gave it to special interests. They abandoned me. Good, he's here now. A live newscast in Michigan to make a surprisingly rational point now normally when somebody interrupts a newscast they try to ignore the person or tell them to go away but in this case here's what happened good evening a federal judge is refusing to overturn michigan's highly controversial ban on indoor dining this as covid 19 infection rates and fatality rates continue to surge statewide this of course follows the lawsuit brought on by the michigan restaurant and lodging association News Channel 3's Tavarius Haywood joins us live in Portage with the details on why the judge said no. Is everything okay? My government leaders have abandoned me. Are you, are you the owner? Four trillion dollars of stimulus money. They gave it to who? Special interest groups and campaign donors. I paid more so I own the place. So what's going on? What's going on? You know what's going on. Tell me. You tell me. Hey, we got a government that has taken the stimulus money, they gave it to special campaign donors, they gave it to special interests, they abandoned me, and they put me in a position where I have to fight back, okay? So do you feel that this is the right thing to do? Absolutely. I feel everybody needs to stand up. Hey, listen, there was enough money to give every family, every family in this country, $20,000 to go home for two months. Yep. They chose to give it to special interests and campaign donors, the Kennedy Space Center, and they abandoned us. So you could have given me money. I'd gladly walk away for 60 days and let this virus settle down. Ooh. I'm not going to do it alone. Yep. Okay? Are you going to continue to violate the state's orders and stay open? Shut the this fuck up. Order. This yeah. is a conspiracy. This is a tyranny. See, that's where he loses me. Yeah. Stand up. This is America. Be free. That's where he loses me. Yeah, that's where But he, he brings it back around, though. Great thing. Wake up. This is America. This part. The big department stores, the train station, the airport, side by side, eat meals for four hours. And you're going to blame me? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He's got five people in his restaurant. You've got an Amazon warehouse with a thousand people in it. That's real. What's a super spreader? That's real. Thank you, brother. All right. I'm glad you listened to me. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, I'm really excited to be here. 
just listen to you. You're on okay. TV right now. All right, I'm, good. I'm glad to hear that, okay? okay. And then I loved it. It was a, it was an entirely positive. They both heard each other out. They let each other speak. Um, and, and neither one was antagonistic. You could tell that he was upset and, and passionate, but there, there, there was no, there was no animosity. There was no, it was, you know, and, um, I, th I think it was very valid points made, you know, it's not, it's not the small businesses that are causing these things to spread, but they're the only ones that are being shut down where Target's still open, mm -hmm. Walmart's still open, all these, and I get that we need groceries, but then what's wrong with the sushi place on the corner? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, um, yeah, so, so that, that video and I mean, David Dole has actually caused me to have quite a few like revelation moments. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever uh, have a, have a chance to watch him? Taj, his uh, his show is called Rational National. Great commentary. He's Canadian, so outside perspective, especially from a country that already has healthcare. He's like, "What's wrong with you people?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but I, I highly recommend him. Highly recommend him. Checking him out for sure. Guys. There's actually another story like that. Oh, go ahead. Actually, yeah, there's actually another story like that that I've seen. Uh, it's, I don't know if one of you guys could look it up, but it's on YouTube. It's um, this lady in Woodland Hills. She had a little bar and grill. And when they did the lockdown, she had to shut her place down, right? So she was taking, and she spent over like $20,000. It could have been $20,000, $40,000 on a whole outdoor dining area, right? That's another thing. Yeah. And so there were, she had to take everything down and then this movie set moved in and they set up a all you could eat I remember that video. right in the same parking lot i and remember that like, and it wasn't even like social distance it's like these people could just go grab whatever they wanted and like they all came and touched everything and shit and like it, it's like that's not safe but like you know what i mean that's safe but this isn't like you right know? Yeah, yeah, if you could pull that video up, that'd be really cool. Like, I, I think you should probably pull that one up because that's pretty important. That shows the, you know, uh, disconnect or the- Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, tell me what I should search. Uh, probably Woodland business Hills. owner in Woodland Hills, bar and grill, uh, COVID-19 shutdown, something like that. Okay. I don't, I don't I remember know. it being like LA area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was definitely- Los Angeles. Yeah, this is the one. <clears throat> Let's check it out. All right, let me activate the screen share again. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's fucking 2020, so, like, we're all kind of learning how to use Zoom. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I think it's because I had my headphones in. That's the only thing I could think. We'll try it without headphones next time. Yeah, that's probably it. I had the same problem. Okay, so here it is. Gut-wrenching video of a restaurant owner's outrage. She's forced to shut down outdoor dining at her local bar and grill, but then she sees a production crew set up craft services just a few feet away. And she shared her frustration on social media, and it quickly went viral. Eyewitness News reporter Amy Powell talked to her, and she's live in Sherman Oaks with more. Amy? Well, that's right, Colleen and Mark. This bar owner has been struggling to stay in business and comply with all the restrictions. So when she saw a production crew setting up to do something she's not allowed to do, she was very upset, and she recorded her reaction on camera. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me, and they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio. 
which is right over here. Angela Marsden, owner of Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill, outraged and emotional, posting this video on social media after she saw production tents and tables set up in a parking lot just a few feet from the outdoor dining area she's not allowed to use. They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Damn, and she got a nice stuff too. Some people are just throwing up tarps. Yep. Dangerous. But right next to me as a slap in my face. Yeah, fuck off. That's not socially disgusting. whatsoever. That's disgusting. It pisses me off. I guess I was in shock. So I didn't, I walked in and then I'm going to make signs and give out last paychecks and I just started crying. And I just was like, I can't take anymore. Like I literally have been punched in the face 10 times over. I have done the dance. I've done everything that they've wanted. Marsden has owned the bar and grill she calls the cheers of the Sherman Oaks neighborhood for 10 years. She spent around $80,000 building an outdoor patio. Oh, and damn. But Marsden has run out of loan money and can't afford to offer takeout. So for now, she's closing. The day they come to get their last paycheck, you punch me in the face and say that this is not, this is dangerous, right? Right here is dangerous. Just walk over there and eat. People involved in the television production were seen dining under the tents. Marsden and other small business owners are making signs, preparing to hold a protest at the home of Ellie County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we That's need real. help. Yep. We need somebody to do something about this. She's absolutely right. Yep. Agreed. Nobody, no, but they're still not doing anything. There's no relief for small business owners in this package. Like they, ah, uh, yeah. I can't, I can't. When, like, seriously, I mean, I've asked this question before. How much more are they just going to dick around with people until we literally have pitchforks? Yeah. Because they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't feel the heat of the fire yet. But when, more than a dozen of us run in 2022 and show up to Congress as congressional leaders with our pitchforks, they're going to fucking feel us. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, we've got to just watch people suffer for the next two years until we can even get there to try and make a difference. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like, <clears throat> hey, here's a good segment. Now we can talk about AOC and the squad. Because there's a disconnect in the left between, like, her approach with working with Nancy Pelosi mm -hmm. versus her um, expected to be, like, the revolutionary voice of the left. And how, like, did you watch the, um, did you watch the Jimmy Dore video? I've watched all of the videos about this force to vote. I've watched David Dole. I've watched uh, the, um, what, Benjamin Dixon. Um, no, Mickey Constance covered it. Um, who else? It's just everybody. Um, the, the Tim Black show. Um, I've literally, I've actually got a playlist. I just keep adding them to it because this is going to be so awesome to like watch and look back and look at all this stuff. I am, uh, I'm for forced to vote. 100% for forced to vote. I think that it's a really great can idea. You, can you just provide a little bit of context to Taj? 
Yeah. Sure. Okay. So uh, Jimmy Dore came up with Jimmy Dore is another uh, uh, leftist YouTuber. Leftist YouTuber. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and I mean no disrespect to Jimmy Dore. I absolutely actually agree with uh, most of what he says. He's the right tool that we need right now for this. Um, everybody's telling him to calm down, to shut up. He's angry. He shouldn't be yelling at his camera. He's screaming at politicians, and he's uncouth. Um, he's screaming because his hair's on fire. Yeah. Everybody's hair's on fire, and it's okay for us to be screaming. And mm -hmm. so they're just trying to tone police him. And they're, yeah. anybody who – not anybody. A lot of people who disagree with this idea that he's pushing are only disagreeing with it because it's coming from him. And a lot of the arguments that they're putting up are either bad faith arguments or they are just making up something because they don't like where it's coming from. Um, and so Jimmy Dore is of the mind that Nancy Pelosi is up for Speaker of the House again. Mm. And so with us, with the, with not us, with the Democrats losing seats this election where we, yeah. they thought they were going to clean up and they lost seats. So with the Democrats losing seats, the margin in the House continues to shrink. And right now, there's a four to six vote swing depending on what happens in two outstanding races. There's still two congressional races that haven't been decided. Depending on which way those two go, they'll have even less of a margin. And so Jimmy Dore has proposed, hey, the squad, new incoming progressives, existing progressives. There's a hundred members of what's called a progressive caucus. Yeah. Um, so he's called out all these members and said, tell Nancy Pelosi, you're not going to vote for her mm -hmm. as speaker if she doesn't bring Medicare for all to a floor vote. Now, the main arguments are it's performative, it's a waste of time, and it's going to lose. Well, he knows it's going to lose. The point is to get everybody on record in a pandemic saying, yes, though, that they're going to deny people health care in a pandemic. It will be a record. It will be a vote on a record. This person said no. This person said no. This person said no. 2022, we primary everybody that said no. If you said no to Medicare for all during a pandemic, we're taking you down. Yeah, I mean, why would you disagree with that? Because there's, and that's why I'm saying there's, there's some who are just misinformed and there are some who are making bad faith arguments that it'll hurt the movement or that there's no point because it'll lose. And some of what AOC has come out and said is bad faith arguments, but I, I'm not, and Brianna Joy Gray, she wrote a fantastic article in The Intercept and she has had a lot of really good commentary on this issue where she brings up a lot of um, a lot of really good points and what she says is she's not going to she's not going to throw AOC she's not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater whether or not she disagrees with how AOC is approaching this this decision or this this pressure um, she agrees with the pressure and still agrees with AOC now what she has explained is that rather than and see, this is where people think that Jimmy is too bombastic and he's too hardcore. Is he's saying, if you don't do this, you've sold out the con, you've sold out to the establishment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What Brianna Joy Gray is a little bit more level-headed, points out that while she doesn't think that the squad has been co-opted and been bought out by the machine, because they are still grassroots candidates, they're still fighting for a lot of the the items and the and the social things that we need to happen, the social movements that we're fighting for. But there's this thing in Congress, it's, um, what did she, she call it, to um, falling victim to the creep of, of congressional movements. And so in, she's seeing the long game. Hey, if I can do this, get this committee seat, 
I can make, if I can stay here longer, I can have a bigger impact than if I drop bombs right now. Mm -hmm. So I can see that argument, especially with a lot of the pressure that AOC is putting on right now and different things that she's doing. As soon as Trump came out and said $2,000 deck, her and Rashida Tlaib, boom, here's our, here's our amendment. We're ready. So I don't agree fully with Jimmy's take that anybody who's not willing to do this is a bad faith actor. I, I think agree. that they're, that, you know, we don't have to agree with everything our politicians do, but we also shouldn't write them off when we just disagree that they won't do one thing, especially, especially this. I don't know how I would feel come once it, it all settles out. Um, but I still support the squad. I still support what they're doing. I cannot wait to go. I think that a lot of the issue is they don't have backup. Yeah. Where's a backup? They yeah, need cavalry. Not, they yeah, can only do so much as four people, as six people. Yeah. That's why we need people like you. We need more progressives right. in Congress. We need, we need more people that are going to back their voices. Absolutely. Yep. And so I, I think that in, and thank you. I think that in, in, in 20, in the, in the next Congress, in the 117th Congress in 2022, we're going to see at least, I would say six to 12 people like me that are going to get elected minimum. That is now quadrupling what has ever been there fighting for these movements. Right. I feel that that is when we will really start to see a lot more pressure and change because right now, and Nancy Pelosi said this before, they're four people with their little votes or whatever. Nobody cares. She, she basically said that outright. And that's, yeah. that's been their problem. They're literally four people trying to move a mountain of corruption. And yeah. so they've figured out how to work within the system that they can. And we still, even, even with that, we don't have to agree with everything they do. Um, but I am, am not going to, to turn on the squad or cancel them. Um, but I am part of force the vote. I am part of pressuring them. So, so there's a hashtag force the vote and it is dividing the left right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's unfortunate because it's turned into just like the, the video we watched where the, the gentleman who was passionate about his restaurant being closed and the news anchor who doesn't necessarily agree with his side or might, but still has to be professional. Yeah. They were able to engage in a conversation without attacking one another. And what's happening right now is if you don't agree with someone or you're disagreeing with them, it's become a personal attack. And yeah. that's, that's where we really need to uh, back up and, okay, why are they saying this? What, well, what's your, and explain, and we really need to figure out how to have better dialogue and communication is, is I mean, a huge thing. Um, but that's, that's where a lot of it's getting lost is in, is in people's feels, their personal yeah. feels. Yeah, I agree. Take. I feel like 2020 is just, it, it's been a huge dividing point between people in general. I mean, it's like we've all, everybody's shown their true sides, everybody's shown their true colors, and like a lot has just come out about everything, you know, whether it's morality, whether it's racism, whether it's, um, you know, financial interests, it's just like all of it's really been brought to the surface through everything that's happened, you know, and um, yeah, it's just been a crazy ass year, but, you know, you're, you're, you're giving us hope. You're, you're giving us hope. I think, I think a lot of people's fear is about AOC. I think it's, well, I think it's misguided in fear. I think some yeah. of it, because I think people are afraid that the powers that be in the establishment that exists are just going to take the squad and just crush them. Like, I think people are afraid that <clears throat> these politicians 
at the end of the day, they're just politicians. So once they get in there, once they get a little bit established, once they get comfortable with the likes of Chuck Schumer, with the likes of Nancy Pelosi, like whether they like it or not, they just kind of fall victim to that, uh, that DC swamp environment. Yeah. You can't be an angel surrounded by devils. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I agree with you completely, Daniel. Um, they're, they're voices that we need and they're voices that we need to um, back and we need more and more progressives in Congress. And <laughs> your, your post the other day, uh, Taj about, I think it was about uh, congressional members not being allowed to be over 65. I'm like, Oh yeah. I believe that. I've, we need term limits. We need age limits. Yep. Go, go. Preach that, boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I believe everybody should get a review yearly. I feel like if you're if you're doing a job like that, that's so important and detrimental to the people, you deserve to get reviewed once a year and be like, okay, so what have you done that's positive within this community that you serve? Right. And if you and if you have nothing positive to say after two, three reviews, that's two, three years. You should be whacked out. I think another problem. To do. Your, your, your term's done. You, you've done nothing. Get out of here. Right. Well, yeah. I think another problem, too, is since members of Congress, they literally only have two-year term limits, they're, they're, the entire time they're in office, they're just campaigning. That's, that's another huge issue. I, I actually think congressional limits should be extended just as far as their terms. Like senators. But you need to have term limits. Like, I exactly. Think four to six years, but then, okay, you can only run three run times. Two or three times, yeah. Exactly. But because it, you're right, as soon as you get in office, you, you go through your freshman orientation, you do a couple things, and then as soon as you finally start getting a grasp on what is happening around you, boom, back on the ground campaigning. Exactly. You know, it's, 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 it's a huge problem. You're, you're, and that goes to just publicly funded elections, and, and if they didn't have to worry about raising money, then they could actually focus on doing their job. Yeah, we can um, have an extended conversation on money and politics, I'm sure. All of that. All of that. I want, I want all these sessions to happen. <laughs> you guys hear that um, as part of this, uh, this stimulus package, there's – because people don't read bills at all, especially when it, it involves giving money to people. So right. People like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm getting paid. I don't care what else is in the bill. So I, I actually read it. <laughs> wow. There's, there's $500 million in it that's going to be given to Israel. Right. Uh, and we get 600 bucks. Not even just Israel. Israel's military for a ballistic missile program. That's bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. But, yeah. Because yep. the, the, the blanket statement, why are we giving money to other countries, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If it's going to certain countries that we know are underdeveloped and it's going to help them in COVID ways, yeah. it's going to help their healthcare system. It's going to provide them food, medicine, blankets, anything like that. Fine. All of which we don't, need to be supporting don't even have. Israeli right. is not at all right now. They don't need the money. Israel, Israel has free healthcare and free education. And guess who pays for that? We do. And we want to give them even more money while we can't get anything. Damn, bro. So <laughs> they're like, um, yeah. but there's not enough money, right? Yeah. So oh. 
if I could, I actually had this kind, I did have one thing actually prepared. So, and we were talking about AOC. And so here is something absolutely awesome that I love about her. Um, I'm actually going to screen share really quick because I have, so this is a tweet that she put out the other day, um, yesterday, um, because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of upsetness about this bill, understandably so. And so she, what she does is she actually breaks it down and explains how all of the stuff that we're angry about, still, still justifiably angry, but all the stuff that we're angry about isn't in the COVID relief bill, but it's tied to it because of congressional processes. Mm -hmm. And so she, she breaks it down for us. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Oh, can you guys see that? I hope this, in, this didn't okay. make it in, but one that really pissed me off was the um, liability shield. That actually got cut. That was one of the Good. major successes Good. that came out of the conversation was um, they Thank actually God. did, um, they actually cut the liability shield. So. Three martini lunch. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The three martini lunch is stupid. They don't even stupid. try to like hide the fact that, yeah. We're, there we go. <laughs> is this, is that better for you guys? You see it? Oh yeah. It's yeah. clear. Okay. So. She breaks it down. So uh, for the people asking about the insane and corrupt tax giveaways in the deal, ex example, the three martini lunch trash, much of that gross stuff is actually in the omnibus. It's a little confusing, but basically there's three major components to the COVID deal. There's the rule which they have to vote on to bring it to the floor. Then there's a second vote for the omnibus and the third vote for the COVID relief. The omnibus is technically a government spending package. So that could be, these, these could be standalone bills. They don't need to be tied together, but the Republicans and the shady assholes who want the corrupt things like tax breaks, tax breaks for racehorse owners, they know that that stuff won't pass if it's not tied to something that we desperately need. Wow. And that is the actual crux of a major problem in Congress and in the Senate, in, in, in our congressional houses, is pork barrel legislation and i'd love to do a whole a whole talk on that as well yeah it's how they roll all of this together and that's why all this stuff gets passed and people are like i didn't know that was in there this is how and why um so she breaks it down even further so it took three votes to pass this the first rule um is a process vote like i said to bring it to the floor and that's why it was able to happen so quickly normally they would have days or weeks to process this. Um, and I can send all of this to you guys as well, but feel free, definitely take pictures or whatever you would like to do. Um, just gonna scroll up. Um, so the second vote is for the omnibus. Uh, and that's basically centered, the deal is centered on tying COVID relief to funding for the government. They were tied together. So politicians who are against COVID relief, checks, SNAP, unemployment insurance, et cetera, could trade their horse write-offs in for the omnibus. Gross, no? It's gross, but also true. The dilemma many were dealing with, and this is, this is where I love her and what I'm 100% behind in support. Uh, the dilemma many were dealing with was because these things were tied together, it made clean COVID relief impossible. You can largely thank Mitch for that. I'm not saying this is all one party, but for real, he's awful. Anyways, the omnibus has most of the gross stuff. The omnibus is actually a collection of legislation that funds each federal agency, Homeland Security, Environment, NASA, etc. There were many agencies, so the second vote was the omnibus with DHS, DOD, financial services, and a lot of the pork legislation people are objecting to, which she voted no. 
the third vote had the actual COVID relief. Too little, $600 checks, $300 in unemployment, SNAP increase, et cetera. There were also some omnis tacked on, but less controversial. I initially voted present on this because this is so effed up, but then yes, because my families are so hungry, I wanted to puke. Anyways, that's a very loose breakdown, at least process-wise, of how it went down. Process is important because it's how politicians get overwhelmingly corrupt and unpopular things into legislation. They can't campaign on it, so many use process and obscure deals to sneak things in. Wow. Wow. And so here, um, this is what I was mentioning earlier, her and Rashida Tlaib, they have already written the amendments that would swap out the $600 for the $2,000. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's like to me, a lot of people I know is like that that two thousand dollars sounds great, you know, quote unquote. But like we all know what's already been written and what's already been like developed and the fact that that just basically threw a wrench in some shit that this took months to like get through. Right. So it's justifiably like, so. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, the 2000 sounds great. And everybody I know, like all my friends and shit, they're all excited about it. They're all like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, 2000 instead of, but in my opinion, like, I just feel like this literally could just bring everything to a screeching halt and then shit could just get fucked up until January 21st when, you know, he's a president. Once Biden comes into office, then, you know, things might get better, but we'll see. But like until then this bill was supposed to just be that like bypass bill that's like all right cool like let's just everybody can get by for the next you know month or so but and and the the problem is they know we're so desperate for that that that's how all of this crap gets rolled into it and so i completely agree with you though um and so here's here's the thing they can do both they can pass this legislate they can still pass this this bill that they're passing right now which is garbage but they could also, just as a standalone bill, just send us $2,000 and work out the rest of this shit later. Yeah. So, um, so you're, you're absolutely right, though. They, Congress has been dicking around this. The HEROES Act was passed in May. Now, granted, I do, I, I understand some of the GOP complaints. There's a lot of stuff in there that was unnecessary in the HEROES Act that Nancy Pelosi tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that basically all, all of the all of the establishment is guilty of putting their own special interests before the needs of the people and this is this is where we are we're nothing definitely. but but pawns definitely i and i agree with you there because um, 3 months ago there was a bill a bipartisan bill that was put together that would have provided $400 a week on unemployment benefits and $1200 stimulus checks every 2 months and that was written up by Republicans and Democrats and the Republicans said, all right, let's fuck with this. Let's do it. Let's stamp this. Let's put it in it. And then Nancy said, no, it doesn't have um, $600 in unemployment and the local uh, federal spending, whatever, for uh, local and state local government uh, was left out. So she said no because of those two things. And right. Then it's like, damn, that was a chance for you to take care of the people and to show the people that you're really for the people. Yeah, I agree with that point. And I also, um, going off of that, I heard that towards now given, I don't know hundred percent that this is true. This is speculation, but it seems like it would be true. 
Um, Nancy Pelosi, apparently there was a deal to go through Congress for another stimulus check around the time of the election. Oh, yeah. Nancy you're you're right. Was That's the one I'm talking about. That's the one I'm talking oh, about. okay. Okay. Yeah, she was totally against that because she made a fucking political calculation. That it would get Trump reelected. Exactly. And that just – and that that caused millions of people to suffer. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You couldn't be more right. No, she she looked in the camera and said, he wants this to pass. Ain't going to happen. I'm not giving Trump this political win. And so, as Jimmy Dore says, the American people can go pound sand. You're not getting squat. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's um let's switch it up now. Let's talk about let's talk about Andrew Yang. Let's do that. So I'm gonna play a video. Uh, Andrew Yang is currently running for New York City Mayor in 2021, and he's gaining some traction. So it says uh, I was looking at some polling the other day for the 2021 New York City uh, Democratic primary. Yang's at 17 percent. Adams, 16%, Wiley, 7%, Quinn, 6%, Morales, 5%, and uh, someone else slash unsure is like about 40%. So he's actually like got 17% of the primary so far, and he he definitely has the name recognition. Now for sure. If somebody, if we actually had Andrew Yang lead a city like New York, that, that is such a, that's such a great, a positive indicator for the progressive movement. Right. Um, <clears throat> like, that's huge think, for us. Yeah. I, I think you should pretty much just be governor, man, truthfully. Right? Take down Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of there. God, I hate that guy. The media just... The, oh, we should talk about... Uh, remind me after I sh- after we talk about Yang. Let's talk about how um, this fucking pompous asshole Andrew Cuomo is currently. Re- he just wrote a book about how New York City defeated the virus. Oh my! Oh. While he's defunding Medicare, this is and um, he allowed thousands of people to die in nursing homes. Yep. But moved his mom out. <laughs> yeah. Remember when he was he was on CNN. In March, April, May, just dicking around with Chris Cuomo as thousands of people were dying every day. Yeah, I surely do. Had like this giant cotton swab. I still remember the V-shaped recovery we were supposed to have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been been reading. uh, Tonight, it appears a high-profile former presidential candidate is ready to run for mayor of New York City. Andrew Yang filed paperwork with the city's campaign finance board today. Yang ran as a Democrat in the 2020 presidential primary. A growing number of candidates have already announced a run for the 2021 race to replace two-term mayor Bill de Blasio. <laughs> Between uh, Following Nina Turner's announcement, I mean, this is the second best thing you could hear right now. Oh, yeah. Nina Turner running is phenomenal. And that, uh, that was the day I made my final decision. I was like, I'm filing tomorrow. I have to go serve beside Nina Turner, back her and the squad up. Shit's going to change. Yeah. Did you hear when Nina Turner said, compared voting for Biden or Trump? Yeah. She compared it to eating a bowl of shit. Yep. <laughs> and then people, so there's another, that's another conversation we can have because the left is now divided on that. Oh, well, she's running as a Democrat, so we shouldn't support her if we're outside. What? Well, 
Why? All you hundreds of thousands of Democrats or independents registered as Democrat just to vote for Bernie. Yeah. Like the, the parties are a problem, but I'm not going to not back Nina Turner because she's putting a D. Yeah. What are you, what are you not going to vote Get for? Out of here. Right. <laughs> it's just, just a bullshit argument. Again, bad faith arguments. They don't, they're not serious. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to step aside real quick. Um, if you guys want to keep on talking about Yang, I'll be right back. For sure. So uh, what's your take on Yang, man? What? So um, I was, I was a Bernie supporter, but I loved everything that Yang has said and done. So um, had Bernie not been there, I probably would have been a Yang, a Yang supporter 100%. Um, so I didn't, I did not follow him for anything negative. Um, I have actually listened to quite a few of his like Yang Speaks podcasts. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he actually interviewed Catherine Gale and then I went out and I bought her book and I listened to it. So, um, I, I love, uh, what he's doing, the stuff he's pushing. I love that even though he's got money, he still like the, the, just him in the, in the truck, talking to the truck driver, um, on the campaign trail, oh, yeah. just, like stuff like that was just so phenomenal and so refreshing Down and exactly earth. what yeah. we need. So what Down about you? Oh man, um, honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really follow politics um, that much at all. And uh, a homegirl of mine hit me up and she's like, "Hey, did you hear about this dude Andrew Yang?" And I was like, nah, "I didn't hear about him." You know, and this was like 20, uh, 2019, like late 2019. And I was like, "No, nah, I didn't hear about him." You know. And then she sent me a video of him talking about UBI and and this and that. And I was like, "This is kind of cool." But I just know it's not gonna go anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. So, anyway, so long story short, um, I I followed him on I think it was it was Instagram and then on YouTube, and I started like hearing him and watching his videos, and I was like, damn, this guy's really like he's really onto something. Like he's really for the people. He's not he's not about big corporations making money. He's not about any of this stuff. He's about all about advancement for. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's exactly what we needed. Aside from Bernie, I love Bernie. You know, like Bernie's like probably, he was my second choice, if not for, and uh, I for started sure. following politics like crazy after that. I was like, dude, like Yang needs to get in, you know? And then um, he didn't, he, he dropped out. And then I was all about Bernie and then Bernie and then it was Biden. And I'm like, damn, I didn't want to go with Biden. I really did not want to go with Biden. I was, that was like- a hard one. I don't like Biden, man. I mean, still to this day, I don't like him. But I was I like, can't you know what? Him, man, I like, I dislike him more every day. Yeah, He's a bowl of shit. But, but I like him better than Trump. So I was like, and I know that's not the best reason. And I know everyone's like, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, don't vote for him just because. And I was watching, you know, YouTube videos where people were like, don't just pick the lesser of two evils and all that shit. But I was like, bro. Like, I got to go with Biden, bro. Trump, like, he's just got to go. Like, he's yeah. got to get the fuck out. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with people, um, yeah, like, latching on to that conclusion because there's logic to that. What I have a problem with is so-called leftists, li literally delusional. I was going to write I was gonna write his name in. I was going to write Yang's name in. I was like, yo, fuck this. Like, I'm not voting for Biden or Trump. I'm putting Yang in. And then, and then everyone's like, nah, like, that's just a waste of a vote. Like, you know, like. Um, yeah, no, I had a problem with all these leftists that were like, no, Biden's going to be pushed left. 
Like, like, yeah. like they're they're framing it as if he was just gonna turn into some fucking Marxist, as yeah. if like he hadn't been a neoliberal corporatist for the last forty years. Totally, totally. Forty years. Totally. Yeah, like of course he's gonna govern the exact same that he has, and then. Well, and if you had any doubt, he told you nothing, yeah, nothing will was fundamentally change. change. Period. Ugh. Let me yeah, ask no, you. I, it, it, it was it was a hard one. You, it, I, I abstained in 2016. I didn't vote for Hillary. I wrote in Bernie. Um, but this time I did. I, I had I vote I voted for Biden because I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't justify um not and, and, and letting and letting and letting Trump have even anywhere close to what I, I figured was going to be a close race. And it was, it was, I mean, it's come down to individual states making the decision. I mean, now that it's all said and done, it, it's, it's over overwhelmingly. So, um, but it's still too close for comfort. And um, my problem that I have is anybody that vote shames, like it, it's a very personal decision. Like we can have, we should have more political dialogue, but yeah. I'm not going to mistreat you for how you voted. I'm not going to tell you that you're a piece of shit or anything like that because you voted for Biden. I ate the same bowl of shit. We, yeah. we, had, we, we swallowed it. It's fucking nasty. And, and, and we moved on um, because we know that Biden is a problem. But Personally, I didn't vote for him. Trump. Personally, I didn't okay. vote for Biden. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with your guys' argument. And I, yeah. The, the people, that, the people that actually thought he was going to be pushed left and were convinced that he was that he wasn't going to be just like Obama, that he wasn't just gonna, like you guys are literally delusional. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah. although I don't know if you're delusional or if you're just straight up lying to people. And mm-hmm. that's and it's there 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 is a very strong cognitive dissonance. And um, you and Heather talked about this a little bit, and this has been something that I've brought up to quite a few people, is where do you go from here when science and fact no longer matter? Post-truth. Yes. Yeah. Where, how, how, do you, how do you, because we, we, we can't just write people off. We have to figure out how to engage with everyone and, and, and bring them to the table. Everybody's voice deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you engage with people who are making not only bad faith um, arguments, but who are unknowingly doing so just because that's what they've been fed or that's what they believe and that accepting for some of them, and this is what I had to realize as well, is that some of them, the reality is so terrible that they cannot bear to accept it. And so conspiracy theories and nonsense actually are easier to swallow than the truth, which is that this is all fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's actually, I, I don't know, I think that's a pretty good topic too, is uh, conspiracy theories and the dangers of conspiracy theories. I think yeah. that's, that's a pretty good... Like having a QAnon believer in Congress? Well, Marjorie Green, do you know about her, Tosh? Yeah. No, no. I oh God! I'm here's we're going down a rabbit hole, boys. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So I can't I can't hang out for too much longer. I'm gonna have to hop off at eight. But um, I definitely want to do this uh, a lot more often. I'm down. I'm down, and I'll I'll figure out my streaming thing so that we can all just start sharing stuff. All so, right, that's great. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah, I won't I won't keep this too much longer. Um, no, no, you you guys are great. You guys are great. This has been a great time. 
Marjorie Green. This woman's a piece of work. Do you know anything about QAnon, Taj? No, I don't. I never oh. heard of I was going. I was going into the to the COVID nineteen thing with the conspiracy theories. But yeah, I, I want to hear about this. I want to see. So th there's some of those too. But okay, so this is this is this is a this is real. Let me just put. This is not a spoof. This is not a parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is real. Okay, one. Yeah, basically, it's like this. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, the problem with the QAnon conspiracy is it's almost like every other conspiracy and the fact that, like, probably 10% of what's being said is true. Yeah. But then a bunch of other stuff just gets lumped into it that's complete nonsense. They all start with a nugget of truth. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I think three down. That one. Yeah, this is the one I was looking for. Perfect. Thank you. No worries. Yeah, this is her. Stop <laughs> socialism in the headline. Stop socialism. Wow. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this ad. America is the greatest country in the world. We need conservatives in Washington that we need to know. <laughs> I'm learning to stop gun control. Wow. Open borders. Green New Deal. Wow. Democrats fight for their socialist agenda every single day. I'll fight even harder to stop them. I'm Marjorie Green, Republican for Congress. Save that America. has to be the most Republican thing I think I've ever seen. And she won. She won? She's going to Congress. Yeah, she won. What state, what state is she in? Georgia. Oh, well, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah that, so... Um, so, uh, so sorry, sorry we derailed. So what, what, what about, before I have to go, what about, um, the COVID conspiracies, which did you want to, or did you have a question about or interest in? Well, just like the fact that a lot of people, you know, from like face, like there's a lot of Facebook information that I feel like a lot of people are kind of being misled by. And like me personally, I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't feel like it's safe. I don't feel like it's the right thing to do right now. And that's just me just because it's too soon. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's right. just like way, way too soon. And it's just, it looks like, it sounds like it's rushed. I wouldn't get it anyway. Cause I don't even get like flu shots or none of that. Same. But um, just the virus itself, a lot of people believe that it's just fake. There's some false agenda behind it or like it's real, but there's an agenda behind it. And I think yeah. that's something it, it's become politicized. Yeah. And I think yeah, that a sure. lot of people are looking at it that way when it's like totally outside of that realm that everybody else is thinking. Right. Like uh, a virus isn't a, a virus isn't a politician. It doesn't take sides, you know? Mm -hmm. and so we I think that. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have absolutely <laughs> seen that with, I mean, with, I mean, Herman Cain got it and died. Trump got it. I mean, people in the, like, it, it, the virus doesn't care who you voted for. Um, so my, my simplest take on this would be the virus is real. The reaction and response to it has been highly politicized. And so there is now an agenda, but to make as much profit off of 
the current situation as possible. But that's not an agenda to start or spread the virus. That the virus just is what it is. Now, our mishandling of it because of political failures and the fact that senators Kelly Loeffler sold their stock and then bought stock in telemarketing before they warned the American people. Now that's the problem and that's the agenda, but that has nothing to do with the virus itself. So there's both, both are true. There is an agenda, there is politicization and there are a lot of problems around our response. Um, but the virus is real. There are 315,000 dead people to, and, and that's sorry, that's very decent. There are 315,000. The one thing I do like about Gavin Newsom is when he says, when he does his reports, if any of you have watched his, his hour live streams that he does, um, uh, he, whenever he reports the numbers, he says 315,000 families yeah. have been lost or have, have, have been affected. And so um, that, I, I really like that. So I want to I wanna, uh, take, take that on. But so yeah, so 315,000 families have been have been destroyed, lives have been taken. And um, that, that, that is not, there's, there's no conspiracy in that. The, the, the freezer trucks filling up in New York City, the naval ship that had to roll into the LA Harbor, like those aren't conspiracies. Yeah. Yep. Not yeah, enough I, I agree. Um, yeah, of course, of course, politicians have a lot to gain, but... <laughs> The virus is real. The pain and suffering is real. Yes, one hundred percent. And it's all, it's all because of how much our government fucked up. And there's, you can't. I mean, you can't place blame towards any any institution more than that. Yeah. Of course, of course, individual action would have helped a lot. But just with climate change, individual choices are not going to stop it. You have to have coordinated action by the federal and local governments. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they could Absolutely. have been so much. They could have been so much better at messaging this. Like, <laughs> I commented the other day uh, that I heard that Deborah Burks, who was the White House coordinator doctor, I couldn't stand this woman the entire time she was in there because she was literally just staring at the floor. Uh, once Trump was going off about how people could inject bleach into their bodies, yeah. she's supposed to be like the top medical expert in the administration. And she's just a fucking sycophant for Trump. Yeah. Like she just stood there like a, like a door, like just yeah. deer in the headlights. Like maybe, maybe we can do that. I don't know. <laughs> right. We can, we can do that. Right? <laughs> and she, like, she only recently started wearing a mask. Like, and also she just went on a holiday trip to Delaware. And right before that, she had told everyone don't travel for the holidays. See, that's another thing that's fucking pissing Hypocrisy me. is a major obstacle. They keep going on vacation. And telling us, so stay right the fuck up. home. Yeah. The mayor of Austin. The mayor of Austin's like, all right, we got to lock down. And then he fucking flies to Cabo. Where's Trump right now? He's in somewhere. Mar where, where is he at? I don't know. Mar-a-Lago, probably. Mar -a -Lago. That's it. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> funny, though? Florida doesn't want him back. They're actually, they're, they're putting the, the citizens of Florida, uh, of wherever, the people next to Mar-a-Lago, they're saying, you can't come back here. Yeah, they're, they're filing a lawsuit because they hate him so much. They don't want him to actually reside. Like, him coming and going, whatever, I guess they could deal with. But once he's out, and he, he, they, they do not want him to come back. <laughs> Good. 
so good good i hope i hope um i hope these charges from new york keep on uh intensifying it sounds like it sounds like the da is a lot on him and the family yeah he can pardon everybody he wants but that only goes federal new york's gonna take you all down Mm -hmm. all right daniel thanks thanks so much for joining the show it's eight o'clock now so i'll let you go absolutely um so uh I'm going to respond to uh, your email uh, and uh, give you guys my, uh, well, you've got my Twitter now. If you can share that with Taj. I don't know, Taj, if you're on Twitter. And yep. then. Um, Only on uh, Instagram. Instagram? Okay. Well, then um, I will um, give you my Instagram so that uh, we can all stay in touch. Sounds okay. good. We'll definitely awesome. do more of these. For sure. Thank you so much, for guys, for, uh, for including me. This has been great. I look forward to doing some more. No worries. Take care, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, yeah. All right. Later. All right. So now there were just two of us. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Got anybody else to get hit up? Um not at the moment. I I don't really I'm not really prepared too much for that. Uh dude, let's talk about how all these all these immigrant groups, these, these pro, um, I, I wouldn't say pro immigration, but pro immigration reform. Yeah. 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 Groups are pressuring Biden because he was saying, he'd been saying the entire time since he was campaigning that he was going to on day one, he was going to, he was going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pardon, pardon them as like, uh, basically make them citizens or something. Well, not even that, but he was going to, he said he was going to reverse Trump's immigration policies. Oh, okay. Okay. And then now he's already walking back on that and he's saying, oh, it's going to take me a few months. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not for Biden, you know, like I'm, I'm totally like, I mean, like. You're just an independent thinker. But like at the end of the day, it's like. Biden right now, like everything that's going on in this country, it's like, bro, like imagine like being, imagine inheriting this. Yeah. Imagine inheriting it. It's like, I'm not taking a side saying, oh yeah, you know, because like he should do that. But at the same time, he's inheriting a lot of bullshit. Like he's inheriting like the stimulus. He's inheriting an economy that's, that's down like i don't even know like it's never been this the worst yeah it's the worst economy since the great depression yeah he's inheriting uh 15 million people that are on unemployment he's inheriting um probably an extra five million that are going to be homeless he's like i mean there there's going to be some issues that he he's got to take care of or else people are going to be like yo fuck you we don't want you in office anymore mm-hmm. you know and it's like immigration I, yeah. is important you know, I'm all for that shit. You know, I'm all for like people becoming citizens of the United States and I'm all for that shit. Um, but it's like, we also have an issue where it's like people right now are suffering. And a lot of these people are immigrants too. They run their own business. They have like, you know, uh, like, let's just say uh, they go house to house, they clean houses. You know, there's a lot of uh, house cleaners, a lot of car people that clean cars that have their own business that clean cars. It's all cash. Yeah, I mean, all a lot of these people are immigrants too, and they need cash relief too. 
So it's like, I mean, becoming a citizen is important, but at the same time, it's like having cash relief is extremely important right now. And a yeah, lot of, and that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. Taj is our government. They'll always they'll always move relatively far in terms of social issues, but yeah. in terms of economic issues, forget about it. True, true. I, I I think that we have something in this country where it's like we were built. I mean, this is America. You know what I mean? We were built. I was. I mean, I was raised where you gotta you gotta work to get to get what you want or what you need. You know, I wasn't raised like, oh, here's $10,000, like, or here's $1,000 or here, you know, like handouts. We weren't raised on handouts in America. I mean, I'm not, I mean, some people were, you know what I mean? But definitely not me. Not not, not anybody that we hang out with. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we weren't raised on handouts. We were raised on like, hey, you got to work to get where you want to be. You got to, you got to work. You got to fucking do this. You got to do that. And that's America's mentality too. Not just not just our families, not just our people that we're around. That's America's mentality. Now, a lot of people in Congress have been raised on handouts, and that's part of the problem. But at the same time, that's their mentality. Like yeah, they're they're completely out of touch. Exactly. Like I posted the other day, they're making they're making fifteen grand a month. Yeah, and that's just that's just like their salary. Yeah. Forget about how much money they have like invested in stocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's real. And I mean, a lot of them have had shit invested in stocks since they were kids. Yep. And Start- I mean, there, there's new, like, there's, you could research that and see like a lot of these public people, like, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Straight up 50% um, over half of the members of Congress are millionaires. Yeah. And that's because they've had shit in stocks from their families giving them stocks since they were kids right and that's that's working with the laws too like that's that's working with like loopholes that's working with um like the tax code all these things that are just implemented to allow um rich people to get richer yeah like if you because straight up if you think about it um how the fuck does it make sense for someone to go into public service and then to come out with 150 million dollars like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to become rich working in the government, bro. That's true. You're not even supposed to become rich like being a public service person. So that's what I'm saying. Like you're 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 representing the people, but you're you're making millions of dollars. That that doesn't work. That's what's crazy to me too, is like a lot of people that are like Republican and voted for Trump and they're hella like Trump supporters and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, Trump all the way type shit. They always say this one same same fucking thing that well he's the only president that gave up like his millions to be president and it's like you you gotta be high on something to believe that he actually gave that up because he didn't he just passed it to another name to somebody in his family and then you know it's gonna come back as soon as he gets out of office he'll have that money again like that's what a lot of these people are doing bro like a lot of it's not just Trump it's not is yeah like his son and his daughter Mm -hmm. junior and ivanka have just been running the businesses you know he's funneling that i just just looked up right now from forbes it says trump's businesses raked in 1.9 billion dollars um of white house revenue between 2017 and 2019 yeah makes sense 
yeah, I mean, like, he's he's got a ho- he's got a hotel. Watch and- screen share that. Screen share that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get something to drink real quick. I'll be right back, though. Okay. <clears throat> So currently, just looking for um, Trump's revenue in office. Yeah, okay, cool. Found it right here from Forbes two months ago. Yeah, Donald Trump never got out of business, of course. He just handed over the day-to-day operations of his business to his family. And so uh, this video that I'm going to play once Tosh comes back is going to exemplify how uh, Trump's business has generated $1.9 billion in revenue. Uh, between the years of 2017 to 2019. <clears throat> and like like what we were talking about earlier and what seems to be uh, a complete theme of this entire episode is advertisements. So as soon as this 10-second advertisement plays and Taj comes back, we'll be able to play the video. All right, I'm back. All right, welcome back. I found it. So this is from Forbes. Trump became president. It was already, you know, when Donald Trump became president, it was already an unusual moment because we had a billionaire who was coming into office. Then when he decided to carry his whole business with him into the White House, it was the first time that we had this experiment and no one knew what was going to happen. You know, what happens when you take a billion dollar business? And you bring it into the White House. So somebody said, why did you appoint a rich person to be in charge of the economy? And what happens when you take the White House and the presidency and politics and impose it upon a billion dollar business? And what we've seen in the last few years is the results of that experiment uh, coming in on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. From the start of 2017, through all of 2018 to the end of 2019, if you add all of Trump's revenue, that adds up to $1.9 billion. So three years, $1.9 Now, revenue means all of the money that's coming into your business. So everything that people are paying. This is not necessarily you know, money that's landing in Donald Trump's pocket. Because remember, there's a lot of expenses that he has to pay. So if you break down the $1.9 billion and you say, all right, let's look at Trump's business. Now, he owns a lot of different assets. Okay? We're talking about you know, more than a dozen golf properties. He owns a bunch of commercial real estate buildings in New York City. He owns hotels. So you sort of have to put them in segments. And the first segment that you can look at is sort of the golf courses and clubs. So this is Mar-a-Lago, Doral. He's got three properties over in Europe and a bunch of golf courses in the United States. You add all of that revenue up over three years, that's about $753 million. So a ton of money coming in through the golf businesses and the club business. The next biggest segment is the commercial real estate. So this is, you know, 
the retail space in Trump Tower, the office space in 1290 Avenue in the Americas, the office space in 555 California Street. Most of his commercial real estate is still in New York City, but there are some exceptions. The biggest one, of course, is he owns a 30% stake in 555 California Street in San Francisco. You never hear about this asset, but believe it or not, it's the most valuable asset in his entire portfolio. Shit, just doesn't know have that. his name on it. That's crazy. I didn't know that either. And the next thing is if you look at sort of the licensing, management, and hotels businesses. So these are different businesses. This could be Trump lending his name to somebody who wants to build a tower in Turkey. Uh, it could be Trump lending his name to somebody who wants to sell mattresses. It could also be Trump running a hotel in Washington, D.C. or running a hotel condo complex in Las Vegas. If you sort of mesh all that together, the licensing, the hotel businesses. The reason that you mesh them together is because a lot of the licensing is in hotels. So you put that whole segment together, that's about $411 million. The next thing are the asset sales. So yes, Donald Trump became president. He handed over management, day-to-day responsibilities to his kids, but he still owns the properties that he owned before. And many of those properties he's been selling off as he's been president. These are small deals. They don't get a lot of attention. But if you add up all those transactions, and there are more than 100 of them from 2017 through 2019, that's another $118 million that Donald Trump has taken in. So much fucking money. This is kind of a grab bag. Donald Trump does a lot of crazy stuff in business, so he sells books. He runs a skating rink in Central Park. He runs restaurants in Trump Tower, at his golf club in Doral. Uh, he has a carousel in Central Park. He does all these... I mean, it, it's so weird that you have a billionaire come in as president and then he's not going to represent your interests. Like, that's, that's so right. weird. Yeah, that's real. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know... Like, literally, public service is the opposite of business. Yeah. Because you're either serving... You're either serving an interest to um, to make a profit, or you're serving an interest in the betterment of your community and um, you know collective population. That's that's true. I mean, it's it's all about the people when you're in public service, and if you're not about the people, then you shouldn't be in public service. Yeah, I mean, like it drove me crazy. Like one one of the things that I that going to 2016. Trump supporters would consistently say, I'm like, dude, you're just a fucking idiot. They would say, oh, I'm going to vote for Trump because he's going to run the country like a business. Why would you want that? Exactly. Because a business is merciless. Like, you know, a country is supposed to be like forgiving and, and, you know, especially the morals that America was built on. I mean, let's just quote that, you know, put that in quotations because we all know that those morals weren't meant for everyone. But just the founding morals, so you know what I mean, that supposedly they're built on, he stands for none of those. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, be forgiving, be, you know, kind, whatever, be, you know, love your brother, love your, you know, neighbor. You could argue that Trump Christian really represents all seven deadly sins. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he could be the seventh head of the fucking, uh, the, the snake or what you know that's in the bible and shit and it's like you know what i mean the serpent but it's like i mean man you know we're in a situation where it's just 
I mean, we did it. We did it to ourselves, bro. I a mean, lot of people too. There was this. There was this little mini documentary that came that was on YouTube about all the voters in 2016 that literally did stupid shit. Like they put um, what was that gorilla's name that got killed? Yeah, like they put his name in the ballot instead of like checking like somebody and they just they threw that in and then it's like all that happened and that got funneled in and then it's like obviously those you know those didn't go anywhere. So all in all, a lot of liberals put in the gorilla's name instead of Hillary or or Bernie or somebody that was holding Yeah, I mean people that liberals I don't I don't associate liberals with like leftist ideology at all. I think they're distinct. Yeah. But um, people that like voted for the Democrats over the Republicans in 2016, they <laughs> fuck. I I lost my entire train of thought. I was gonna I was gonna make a comparison, but <clears throat> I forgot. I was gonna say something uh, along the lines of just reasons for why they voted for who they voted for. Um, yeah, like they. Uh... Like it wasn't taken serious. Like I, I think I. I think oh yeah, I, that's that's what it was. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say is I think I think people that are Democrats and the people who were on the left, they just they just laughed off Donald Trump. They just said like, oh, there's no way he's gonna win. Like yeah. there's we don't we don't need to do anything. Hillary's just gonna destroy him. I mean, and who could blame people because all yeah. of our fucking media outlets were saying the exact same thing. They were saying like, oh, like this is gonna be a landslide. Like Donald Trump has no chance of winning crazy crazy fucking uh story too i was uh i was at the gym right i was like working out and shit this is 2016 and i was thinking the same shit i was like dude there's no way fucking like trump's a joke like people aren't that stupid right yeah and then i got an update on my phone and i this was like 12 or 1 in the morning or something because i used to go late and shit and uh i I was like, oh, shit. And it said, yeah, Trump won election. Because I didn't pay attention to the – I didn't stay home, look at the thing. But I saw that shit on my phone. And it popped up, and it said Trump won the election. I was like, no fucking way. And I was like, damn, dude, this dude really won. And I was just like, oh, man, that's insane. Like, that's crazy. And I only knew, like, one person that I think voted for Trump. And the reason – was because they thought that like, oh, well, when my business takes off, I'll be able to keep all my money. And I'm just like, bro, like when your business takes, I believe in you 100%. I believe you can do whatever you put your mind to. But when your business takes off and you're making even close to enough money for that to get taxed, you're not even going to notice it. Right. And what does that have to do with the president? Exactly. Exactly. Because the president doesn't make those calls. At the end of the day, it's Congress or or the Senate. You know, it's Congress. And your own, yeah, in your own individual choices. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, at the end of the day, who who passes those bills to like add a tax? You know, a tax. Uh, you know, it's the Congress. So I mean, okay. it's it, it's more about like that's why this Georgia runoff shit is so like crazy because you can't have a Biden presidency like with the tax and. Um, like the first homeowner association thing where he's going to basically like, if you're a first time homeowner and you're applying for like a home, you get $15,000 down on your first home. You won't be able to get that if it's a 
Republican controlled Senate. Yeah, I mean, they're just <clears throat> both parties are just the opposite of representing the interests of people like us, like working class people. Like, it's and we, it's why we just need so many more people working within the government, like Daniel, like that we just yeah. had. Progressive. I love that dude. He was really cool. I actually just met him like literally yesterday. He sent me a DM on Twitter. He was like, "Hey, like, I, I live in your district. I'm I'm running for Congress. Like, can we chat?" And I was like, "Dude, fuck yeah!" Wow, that's cool. That's so cool. This is exactly what I want to do. Is I want to be able to meet more people like this and continue to network and branch and you know have all these conversations. I, bro, yeah, and I think people need to hear this kind of stuff because this is this is like educating people on what's really going on in the world you know what i mean and and in our world you know in america and stuff and i don't think enough people are really educated i mean i look at people on even just on my facebook and they're sharing memes about the stimulus and i'm like damn like they don't really understand get it how it got to where it is like they don't understand that that 600 was originally going to be 400 like like three, four months ago when there was a bill presented, but Nancy Pelosi said no. Like fuck, dude, they were gonna they were gonna pass a stimulus package without stimulus checks. Exactly. It was just gonna be for big company bailouts. And that's the crazy shit because uh because Mitch McConnell, his was like four hundred billion, some shit like that. He's a very small stimulus check or uh, stimulus package, and it was only gonna be for uh, liability protection. Yeah. Or, I remember he fought fuck. God, I hate that motherfucker so that, much, bro. That bullshit. That's bullshit. I like, if I'm working, like, let's say I'm working somewhere and I get sick and it was because my, the place I'm working for didn't supply any kind of PPE. It's like, bro, we're working side by side, like Amazon, right? You work right next to yeah. matter of fact, I was going to try to pull up a video yeah, yeah. Um, about Amazon and COVID. If all you all the proof you need is right there in Amazon because they don't they're trying to cut corners they're trying to cut corners with PPE, big time. Here we go. Amazon workers slam warehouse conditions. Matter of fact, my uh, my roommates work for Amazon. Yeah, I mean it pays great, but well for I, some people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Experts are predicting revenues of up to $73 billion in the first quarter alone. That but that's okay. We'll just, we'll just profit that much in money, and then we'll just tell all of our workers just to get food stamps, and then we'll just make yeah. all taxpayers pay for it. Yep. $10,000 per second. John Northrop, Ten grand a fucking second the company is making. Very much reflects. Holy shit. Right now, if we're buying at all during this pandemic crisis, Amazon and that kind of a delivery company. But Amazon, John, interestingly, under fire for the way... Let me ask you a question. Hold on, pause it real quick. Um, your roommate, did they work in the warehouse or did they work as a delivery? So one of them works as delivery and then the other one, she just got hired, but she hasn't started to be a warehouse manager. Wow, that's, that's cool, yeah. Um, I heard... Uh, the warehouse because I have a friend uh, that works in the warehouse and she said that's like the worst like the like right now 
Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories even out of the United States, like not like fucking um, developing countries or anything where there are straight up workers that just pass out on the floor from working too many hours or like the the conditions are not ventilated enough. And then I've heard stories where people pass out or they vomit. See, that's fucked up, dude. That's really fucked up. That's completely fucked up because, dude, that's like – you see, I don't know if you've ever seen like these, uh, okay, these one like. Thing one thing I'm going to talk about. So, right now, the way things are set up, there's a lot in place that I forgot about this shit. It's a mandatory, you have to work overtime. You don't have a choice whether the, you want to work overtime or not. In California, there's a lot that's set in place that if you work, um, if they tell you you have to work 50 hours a week, you have to work 50 hours a week. If you don't and you refuse that overtime, they cut you and you're done. And you can get fired for that. And it's legal to fire someone for that. What the fuck? I don't know. Look it up right now. I, I'm, t- I'm not bullshitting because I've had, I've had so many friends that were working like overtime jobs where it's mandatory overtime. Like let's say Coke, Pepsi, all these like places where it's like you have to get up at like three in the morning and go into fucking work and work till like three or four in the afternoon. And when they said no, like I, I got stuff like, you know, I want to take, you know, like I worked my 40, like let me have my, you know, they got fired. Look it up. It's a real fact, dude. So what you said, um, so mandatory overtime is, is legal. Yeah. Um, but if they, if it's more than 40 hours in a week, they, in, in our state, at least in California, they have to pay you time and a half. If they don't, that's illegal. And you can, you can sue the fuck out of them, go through the labor department. Yeah, no. It, so they have to pay you. They have to pay you for the OT, but that time, like, let's just say you're like, you're fucking tired. Let's say you've worked like two weeks straight OT, right. Uh-huh. And, and you only got like one day off like Sunday, right. Let's just say you just got Sunday off and fuck, like I'm fucking tired. And you decide, I want to take a couple, like, days off, whatever, you know, or, like... Oh, week. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is and fucked like, up. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? So you're like, shit, like, I'm fucking tired. I work two weeks straight, fucking 50 hours a week. Yeah, and then your employer will just be like, so what? Like, stick it up. Otherwise, we're just going to fire you and somebody else will do it. Exactly. So yeah. you can't do that more than a couple times. Like, you could probably get away with, like, a couple days and just say, yeah, you know, fuck, I'm tired as fuck, whatever. But you can only do that so many times within a year until they can just be like, Hey, look, like we got other people that want this job. So goodbye. Yeah. And that just goes to show you how much power the, the boss structure has over you in, in, um, in the realms of, in the realms of capitalism and in the realms of, um, just private ownership of capital. Yeah. You know, uh, Coke was just bought out. Uh, my friend used to work for Coke. Um, and it was just bought out by these people. And um, they would hold these, like, seminars and shit. And my, my friend, he hates Coke now because he used to work for them. And he fucking hates them now. But um, they hold these, like, seminars, like, once a year to do employee of the month or whatever. But they're, they're really – they come from a super rich family. Like they're super wealthy, like, and they're firing people for not like, it's a choice whether you want to do like in some places they're kind of cool. They don't have to fire you, 
but with Coke, they're firing you if you're not doing overtime. Like if you don't do overtime, you're gone. That's it. Like, wow. Yeah. Speaking so, of Coke, um, I just, I just read the other day. I'm going to show, I'm sharing it with you right now. For the third straight year, Coca-Cola was named the world's worst plastic polluter. Wow. Wow. Another thing, another thing, they're trying to cut costs. Like they don't want to get anything environmentally friendly, nothing that's going to benefit the people, nothing that's going to benefit our earth. They just want to cut the costs, bro. And yep. that's it. And then, and, and people are so, people are just so uninformed. They're just going to keep buying soda. They're just going to, and it, it drives me crazy is like when you're in the grocery store and you, you see like what other people are buying. A lot of the times they're not buying shit that they just are necessities for living. Like they're not buying water. They're not buying food. They're buying like fucking like multiple cases of soda. They're buying like a shitload of energy drinks. <laughs> like yeah. all, all these things that are just literally killing you and the planet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me lately, I, I've been on uh, I've been, I've been kind of on a juicing thing where I, I'll literally just buy like, um, like fruit juices. Like I, I'm not talking about the sugared, like watered down ones. Like when you go to Whole Foods or when you go to Sprouts, you know, those ones that are fresh pressed or whatever, like I'll buy those and have one of those like a day in the morning and shit flush out my system. I, I've really been like kind of on some like healthy shit lately, but sorry, we were. Yeah. I don't think about... enough people are health informed. I think yeah. that's another thing. A lot of people aren't informed on what's really like healthy, and the fact that it's actually cost effective. Like, yeah, <laughs> like buy a case of Coca Cola is like what, like eleven dollars or something like that, mm-hmm. or or what is it, five, six, seven dollars? Uh, it depends. Depends on how many cans, but yeah, like between like five and ten dollars. Like a twelve pack. Yeah. Like a twelve, yeah, a twelve pack is probably like seven bucks. Yeah. So. You could buy, like, let's just say, you know, um, you dedicate maybe like 50, 60 bucks for like a juice, a juicer, right? You get a cheap juicer. You don't need a fucking, and then you just buy fruit and in the morning, boom, you just juice yourself some fucking shit and you're, you know what I mean? You buy some apple juice, you buy some ginger, you buy some, you know, and it's super cheap and you just juice that yourself in the morning. Take that as a shot instead of like, you know what I mean? An energy drink. And mm-hmm. it's just as effective, if not better, because it's a natural stimulant. Yeah. Natural yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, I wanna I wanted to go back to this Amazon workers video. Hmm. Um, just to play the rest of it, talking about uh what's going on inside the facilities. Do that. This and not in only the 600,000 workers the company had this, but 100,000 more workers hired since the pandemic began. We're seeing uh, day strikes. We're seeing uh, picket lines being set up in some locations in the United States in particular. All of this because they have concerns about the working conditions. Too many people, they say, are working too close together. Not enough PPE, they say. The morning, what they call a stand-up meeting, the all-staff meeting in one room, all too close together. I mentioned protests. Let's look and listen to some of what's taking place in the United States. Kick us out and intimidate us and threaten us. Uh, we try to deliver our demands and tell them, you know, that we're here because uh, we're serious about this and 
I'm really uh, concerned about the safety of our coworkers inside. That from an organization called Amazonians United. Uh, there are concerns in this country as well. This is a facility being built. So this is the file footage just north of Calgary, where there are now five cases have been reported there amongst employees. Also cases reported at Bolton, north of, of Toronto, and one in the Ottawa area as well. The workers say that they want an area completely sanitized and the plant shut down uh, when there is a confirmed case of COVID amongst the employees. The company is saying it is doing what it can, uh, but to, at the moment anyway, to shut down a facility the workers want, uh, the company is not cooperating with. It also concerns uh, about the employee email chain. Now they can at any point uh, talk to their other employees and the company, Amazon, is monitoring those who would send emails to more than 500 employees at a time. <laughs> about the company keeping too close an eye That's on crazy. the curtail their ability to organize and to communicate with their other work. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Of course, they want to keep people from organizing. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like people, you know, versus the power and shit. And it's like... And it's not, yeah, it's not like you're going to cut into your fucking profits if you pay an Amazon worker 25 an hour. Like, dude, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, shit, like, damn, I'm only making like 60 billion now instead of 70 billion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exactly, it's, it's not going to really do much, but I mean, it's like the fucked up part is, is like Bezos, he's the one that owns Amazon, right? I think it's, is it Bezos? Yeah. Bezos, is he the one that owns Amazon? Yes. I mean, he's gotten used to a certain lifestyle that is like, I'm not saying that, you know, like, but it's, it's hard for me to imagine. We can't. I can't imagine having that much money. It's like he has now the billions. I don't know if he's actually making billions or if that's just off the revenue stream. I mean, yeah, like obviously like, yeah, that, that, I mean, that is the distinction because like his overall wealth, like that's not his cash assets. Yeah. Like what he's worth, but what he is worth is still, a fuck ton of money and is still by far more than any of us will ever see or know. Yeah. It's got to be at least a billion, at least a billion. If he's 70 billion in revenue, he's got to be at least a billion in something. So that's, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a life how, much, how much cash does uh, Jeff Bezos have? Yeah, you should. Uh, let me look that up right now. His total cash assets as of 2020 total to 7.2 billion. I said at least a billion. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's, yeah. He's got 7 billion in cash, bro. That's, that's more than I could even imagine. Like I couldn't even imagine 50 million. Like I'd be like, I mean, I could imagine it and what I would do, but it's like, let me break something down for you. Have you seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that scene when, so when Jonah Hill's character first gets introduced and yeah. he's sitting in the diner with Leo yeah. and then um, he's like, Hey, yeah, Hey man, I see we live in the same apartment. Like you drive a really nice car. Like how much money do you make? Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like 72 grand last month. And he just starts laughing. He's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then I did the math for that, bro. That's still less than a million a year. Yeah, so he, yeah, okay. To make a million a year, 
motherfuckers are making 80 grand a month. I yeah, like a million. Okay, yeah. See, like a million a year is like I I don't know. I can't even imagine that shit. But like, if I was making a million a year, like that's crazy. Fuck, I'd be happy making 80k. That's what they're making in a month. Yeah, I'd be I'd be fine with that, dude. I'd be totally chill with like a hundred. Yeah, that's what they're bringing in every month. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's it's all right. It's all right. There's something wrong with that. No, there's no there's no way people. I mean, we know for a fact the, the people that are bringing in that kind of dough, there's, they're just not going to work in the interests of us. They don't see the same reality as us. That's true. And yeah, he, he, uh, I don't, you know what it is too. And I saw this thing where it was like, they were kind of attacking Bezos about, about the whole, um, the COVID testing. Right. Cause he was like, Oh, there's something shady about this COVID testing because I got tested like three times and both times I came up negative and once oh, I that was negative. that was Elon Musk. Oh, was that Elon Musk? Okay. But yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean same thing. He owns what does he own? What is it that he owns? Uber? Tesla. Tesla? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like there's just a higher like when you get to that point where you're making billions, there's like a lifestyle behind it and shit that they don't want to give up. I mean, they're invested in millions and millions in stocks. They're not willing to give that up. That's going to get passed to their kids. Yeah, and the thing is, is they're not even. They wouldn't even give it up if they paid people a living wage. It's yeah. just the fact that, like, it's just I need the money. Like that's that's all mine. The the sense of entitlement and the sense of just yeah. like this this mentality in this country where you're just supposed to keep people down especially workers like you're not supposed to give them any sort of gain amazon people people that work for amazon should be making at least 25 an hour i don't fuck yeah as hard as they work dude like if i was working i mean come on it's the most besides i mean i think besides apple i think Amazon's the most profitable company in the world and people at apple actually do well yeah, and they they make more than people that work at Amazon. That's yeah. something to think about. Yeah, we could have we could have a full like probably episode about that. Yeah, because you can make a living working at Apple, but working at Amazon, it's just like, oh well, this is just an interim job that I'm doing right now. Right, and that's horseshit because, in my opinion, like I'm not saying I'm not saying McDonald's workers should be fucking rich, but I'm saying yeah. that any job, anybody that has a full time job should not be living in poverty. Anybody that has a full-time job should be making enough to at least support themselves. That's real. I believe, I believe all that. I believe that. And you know, it's like people that live, people that have full-time jobs are living on the street. Exactly. That's that's what I say is like our society always tells us like, Oh, fucking bums. Just get a job. Like, bro, there's people that have jobs that are still living in their cars. Like, I've read stories about, um, like, I mean, you, you, you know full well and good that teachers are severely underpaid in our country. Oh, yeah. And, and I read a story one time in Denver, Colorado, there are teachers that have three or four jobs that are still living out of their cars. Like, what the fuck? Dude, like, less than 20 years ago, I don't know, actually, probably maybe 20, 30 years ago. Like, yeah. if you were a teacher, like, that was a career, bro. That's a profession. Yeah, definitely. Now it's not. It's, no, not. it's a fucking side hustle. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everything is a side hustle nowadays. It's like, bro, there isn't any job that's really a career anymore. 
No. Like, unless, unless there's some – I I don't the even know. The concept of job security doesn't even exist. Like – doesn't it doesn't anymore that that died in the early 2000s that died in like the like 2000s bro in like 2010 2011 that's when that shit died yep completely like there's no such thing as job security anymore like the idea of a job being like um sending you and sending your kids to college and giving you like man that shit doesn't exist that doesn't exist anymore it really doesn't it it's like I don't even know anyone out of all my friends. I don't know anybody that's, that's got even my friends, family, family members, even my family members. I don't know anybody that has a job. That's like, all right, like we got enough money to send you to college. We got enough money to pay for your tuition. Yeah, Like my parents are doing well. Like my parents make pretty decent money. Yeah. But in terms of like living in California, they're still, they're still middle class. I still had to take out thousands of dollars of loans to go to okay. school. Like, and even my parents, like my dad's making probably like $120,000 a year, but even yeah. him and he works from home, even him on any given day, his employer could just say, we don't need you. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the reality of the society that we live in and it's, it's fucked up. We don't live in a society that's designed for, for the working class or for people that are for people that are making I'd even say 150,000 a year down. We're not living in that society. It's like shit, I would even say $399,000 a year down because now it's like you see the whole thing with like Trump and going crazy about Biden's tax plan and and it's like those it's not, people yeah. that are making 400,000 a year and up, it's like they live in a different world, dude. Like, yeah. They don't live in our world where it's like, we got bills, we got expenses, we got car rent car, or car, you know, car note, fucking rent. Like they don't exactly. live in that. Shit. They no. don't see it. They have that. Like they have to pay rent, but they don't see it. They're just like. There's no struggle there. Exactly. Like every, every single month they know they're taken care of. They know they're good. Exactly. The entire course of the pandemic. Like imagine, imagine being in a position where you're just like, Oh, well, no matter what happens, I got 50 K in the bank. Yeah. That's, I, I couldn't even imagine that shit. Like, Oh, like fuck 50 K in my bank. Damn. Life is so hard. Like what? Like that. I mean, that would be the day when our people in Congress only have 50 K in their bank. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to see that day. Like, yeah. What is it? Um, here, I'll end with this statistic. But I think it's um percentage I'm looking at percentage of US workers that make under forty K. Actually the last thing that I'll say before we go is um something related to Christmas presents and poverty. Basically there's a statistic that I read about that said with the amount of money that Americans spend every year on Christmas presents, that same amount of money could end homelessness in America. Wow. So it says um, 58% of Americans made less than $40,000 last year and 67% made less than 50. Wow. That means that approximately two-thirds of all American workers are making $4,000 or less a month before taxes. Wow. <laughs> How, dude, 
I, I don't, I, I struggle getting by myself, just supporting myself and my girl. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how people have families. I really don't know how people do it. I don't understand it either. I mean, it, I looked it up and it was like talking about um, the cost of having a child, like a yearly, like an annual, like um, summary. And it's literally like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a year for the first year, like that, like as a newborn. And then as they get older, it goes up and up and up and up and up. Bro, I made twenty grand last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, dude. I mean, I was working as a bartender, and like, I mean, I don't know how much I made. I made a, a pretty decent amount as a bartender. You know what I mean? But then it wasn't like. Uh, that wasn't factored in with like tips or whatever. Yeah, and then like that was, they that was factored in with tips, but I I didn't I can't write that down, you know what I mean on paper. Exactly, you can't write that, that off. Oh, oh, like oh yeah, like so if I were to file for unemployment, it doesn't really, it, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't balance in with unemployment. Yeah, so, I mean, and that just goes to show you like how much the the it tax. Was like ten thousand. It came out to like ten thousand a year. Like, yeah, that just goes to show you how much the tax code is just written in favor of the of the wealthy. Um, I mean, and then people like it fucking pisses me off when people shit on AOC because before I I talked to you about this before she was in Congress she was a bartender. Yeah, and she was a waitress, and then fucking Republicans shit on her all the time for that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, they're just they're stupid. they hate us. They despise working class people. They do. They do. They do. That's why the stimulus shit, that's why Trump threw a wrench in this shit, bro. That's exactly why. Because him, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a. It, it's like he pulled the rug out from under like the Republican Party because they want to acknowledge Biden. Yeah. Now they have to. But at the same time, it's like he's shitting on us in a way. He's shitting on the people. Because... Yeah. He knows him doing that just caused a bunch of fucking shit that took months to negotiate. Yeah, I mean, he he straight, he does not care at all about. I mean, three hundred thousand Americans have died. He hasn't said shit about it. Like every single every single day, more more Americans are dying from COVID than nine yeah. eleven, and motherfuckers still golfing. See, that's the reality that people need to hear. Though people need to hear that, like. It's said on the news and stuff. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll sit here and watch news clips and stuff, but like, um, people just become numb to it. People are just like, Oh, well, they're just numbers. People like, I don't know. But then there's a lot of fake woke people out here too. That like, that like, look at it. Like it's a, it's a, some kind of like grand scheme to control society. And it's like, bro, if you've ever watched the movie Contagion, and I know it's just a movie. I know it's just a fucking movie. I watched that at the beginning of the pandemic. I know it's just a movie. But let's just put this into perspective for a second. In the movie, right, like it was this virus and it was like, oh, shit, you know, like there was all these things happening, but people didn't really pay attention to it, right? And it made its way here. And then it's like, oh, shit. And then it mutated. And then it turned into like this 80% kill rate virus. And it's like, that kind of shit can really, really happen. I mean, any, oh. yeah, pretty much everything, everything that happens in real life first happens in a movie, right? Yeah, exactly. And here's another thing too, that's crazy. 
is our government isn't our government isn't going to tell us that like how bad things really are they're going to want to control people in a way that's by telling them oh it's not that serious let's just Down. like not let's just not cause panic because yeah. if they were to tell people that there was some kind of virus out here that's causing like let's just say like 80 or even 50% kill rate you know what i mean how yep. many people do you think would freak out everybody would flip the fuck out so they're not gonna they're, like let's reverse it for a second they're not gonna say it's deadly they're gonna say it's oh it's it's like yeah it causes mild symptoms okay like this many people are dying but how many people are going to the hospital speaking of that speaking of that taj did you know that trump actually knew all the way back in february that, that the virus was much more deadly than, than he was reporting it actually and did i the, did that yeah you heard about the audio it. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear that. The audio with Bob Woodward. Oh, no. I mean, I watched a documentary uh, um, on it. It's called Everything's Under Control. And it's a fucking... I, you should watch that movie. You should watch that documentary. It's on Hulu. Oh, yeah, I should. Okay, so... This was... Nice job. Yeah, he knew in February that the COVID virus was going to be a lot worse. And he, the bombshell revelations here we go. come in a new book from Bob Woodward, in which President Trump says he intentionally downplayed the severity of the coronavirus in public to avoid triggering a panic. In his book, Woodward writes that on January 28th, the president's national security advisor warned him the virus outbreak in China was the biggest national security threat you will face in your presidency. In audio excerpts released by the Washington Post, the president revealing to Woodward on February 7th a surprising level of detail. It goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You just breathe the air. That's how it's uh, <laughs> passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. This is deadly stuff. Three days later, he was saying this publicly. You know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. I hope that's true. And this on February 26th. You do certain things that you do when you have the flu. I mean, view this the same as the flu. On March 19th, in another taped conversation with Woodward, admitting he was deliberately downplaying the danger. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with you, sure, I want you to. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. The president, by his own admission, in private. Yep, there you go. See? Yeah, that's it right there. And uh, <laughs> to make things worse is I don't even think he means a panic in the sense like me and you. Yeah. I think he's talking about a panic like the financial term relating to the stock market. Well, I, I think the thing is, too, about that documentary, I noticed, like, like me, like, all right. I still go out and I have my fun, right? But I wear my mask. I fucking wear a mask. I don't, like, go out and, like, party and shit. But, like, I'll go out, drink a beer with my girl or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I have my fun. I have my good times. But I don't, like, I'm not irresponsible. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, go work. Yeah, you can have a good time without being an idiot. Exactly. So, I'm not gonna have always room to have a good time. But you don't do anything that's stupid, like go to the club once they open and, and go pack the floor. But the right. thing about this 
documentary that I watched was that Trump's whole presidency, right? His entire presidency was based off what? The economy. Yep. So he didn't want to lose the economy because if he loses, if he lost the economy, he would have lost the election. So that's real. Downplaying this virus was him basically being like, yeah, it, it, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. Everybody just go to work because he wanted to keep the economy going. Because if he, he knew that if he shut down, he'd lose the election. Yeah, you're right. That's oh, it. Yeah, and although he could have, he's, he's a moron, but he could have handled this a lot differently. He could have yeah. been like, dude, he could have, this motherfucker, if he would have changed the way he handled COVID, he would have got reelected. Like if he would have, um, if he would have gave everybody a monthly stimulus of two grand in the beginning, told everyone, "Hey, we just need to stay home for a few months, and then by the summer, like the virus won't be nearly, a, uh, there won't be nearly as much infection in the country. So as long as everybody's still wearing a mask in the summer, we'll be able to go back to like relatively normal life." Yeah, we could have had that, but instead. He did the opposite. Yep, he favored the economy. He downplayed it the entire time. He fucking rallied around anti-maskers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is why we're in the situation that we're in. And now we got Thousand Oaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that real quick. I'll end with that since that's a local yeah, yeah. thing. Let's do it. All right, so this is two, two days, I guess. Uh, Kirk Cameron, the actor... Uh, led a group of about 200 maskless carolers uh, into Thousand Oaks Mall in Ventura County um, as Southern California and our county in particular is dealing with an explosion of COVID cases right now. And one of the absolute worst things, so he's doing two things that are really bad. One is just the gathering in itself, but yeah. two is singing. Singing tra transmits the virus much faster than even talking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – there's for sure going to be a spike from that. And then oh, yeah, I'm and worried the there's going to be a spike from Christmas. In the mall, too, it's, it's going to – I'm sure there's going to be some employees and shit that are, that are going to get it. But, yeah. So, all right, I'll end with that since it's getting pretty late. But thanks so much for coming on the show, Taj. You're always welcome. Definitely. Always appreciate your perspective. Appreciate your perspective, man. Appreciate the show. This is really cool. We got to do this more often for sure. Definitely. Um, I mean, I have you as one of my regulars for a reason. So definitely. I'm definitely going to invite you for more shows in the future. You have a great Christmas. I appreciate you and stay safe out there, man. All right. Merry Christmas. All right. Late. Late.